Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? Sports, like, like only, only we do, and then, then we'll, we'll down, down our fair share of beer from a local brewery. Grading the beer throughout the episode, so pop a cold one on your end, and we'll get busy on ours. This is the state of my sports. That's right, this is the state of my sports, and this is episode 171. We're recording live tonight here on Tuesday, August 30th, 2022. Out on the deck. Uh, during our beer flight segment, we'll discuss some of uh, well, we'll t- discuss Zadina's new contract, uh, some golf, Lions cuts, and then what was yours again, Micah? Scott Frost. Scott Frost. The good old Scott Frost that I will never bet on again. Uh, the <laughs> core of the episode, we will have our full season preview for both Michigan State, who opens their season on Friday, and Michigan, who faces Colorado State on Saturday. We'll discuss where we are confident, where are the biggest questions and concerns are, and uh, play the official schedule game for both teams, so that'll, that'll be a, a good time. Uh, we'll make some picks against the spread in our Betting Heroes segment, and of course we will drink and review some Michigan craft beer. If you're joining us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, let us know what you're sipping on tonight and be part of the conversation. Let us know your opinion on all the topics, and maybe we'll even count your vote during the um, the schedule game. I don't know. If better vote. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that one. I don't know yet. It depends on who you vote for. If you're on my side, yeah. If you're not, then maybe you won't get a vote. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, but I forgot where. Before we jump in, I did want to give a sh- quick shout out to our sponsors that help keep this thing rolling and free for our listeners. The Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery state of my sports. And bettinghero.com helps us and you get the best promos available in the sports betting world. There's so many good ones out there. Um, and I'm so excited to bet on sports. I'm so excited to get back you, in the game. You ramping back up? I actually just found a platform that I didn't sign up for yet. So I signed up for that. And <laughs> what was that? It was DraftKings. Out of all of them, DraftKings. Yeah, they were a sponsor for us for a few episodes, and I didn't even do it. I don't yeah, know. man. I thought, well, you made all those other burner accounts. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, perks, right? Yeah. No, I, I was surprised that I didn't do it, but I got the new customer deal um, from Betting Hero that was going on. It was... Uh, place a $5 bet in a football game, you get $200 in free bets. So I got really? eight $25 free bets to use. So. Yeah, right? That's awesome. Yeah, so it's a good I way to go. That. I lost my first one, though, so that, that kind of sucks. <laughs> That's what it is. Come on, All right. man. All right. <laughs> um, I'm Sam Waltart. With me today, we got Micah Smith. What up? Ryan Waltart. Hello. John Dornboss, drafting behind the scenes. He's got his fantasy draft tonight. Live draft starts at nine. Starts at nine, and you're the commissioner, so you got fourteen. You got your phone just getting blown up right now. Yeah, people that can't get logged in, can't oh, find man. the app on their phone. It's like, come on, guys, oh, get out of here! I gave you the hour heads up at eight oh one on the dot. Yeah, you got to get a last with minute the thing. game. Technology There's someone that might be or might not be having a baby too. Like that's just crazy. Just t- t- bad luck, right? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> Probably not. I shouldn't have said that, but yeah, well, okay. I must have <laughs> must have too much on my mind because I forgot to hit record on Audacity. So oh, we missed yeah. your intro there. Well, we can just re- we can pull the the thing from the video. So all right, we'll, we'll be all right. We'll, we'll be, be all right. We'll yeah. get there. We'll be all right as long as we sound good. That's all that matters. We're right? recording now. Perfect. Love that. Um, where where are we at? Oh, I want to ask how you guys' week was going. How, how, how did you guys have a good week last week? Was going. 
is going, was going. How, how was your week weekend? Michael, we went to Burning Foot. We did. Tell everybody about Burning Foot. Uh, so Burning Foot, uh, it's a massive uh, beer fest, well, craft beer fest uh, at Pier Marquette in Muskegon, Michigan. It's right on the beach. Uh, 94 plus breweries this year. Crazy. I, I thought it was maybe 50 or 60. I didn't want to blow it out of proportion, but it was 94 plus. They have uh, live music all day, all night on a big stage. It's not some little rinky dink stage. It's set up to the nines. It's really well organized. There's uh, camping on the beach if you opt to do that. And which then, we did. Which we did. And there are so many boats and so many people to hang out with, talk to, and play games. It's just a riot. Wait, so you guys camped on the beach overnight? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. It was actually really cool. Nice. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we uh, pitched a tent. What time did we get there? We got there Wait, about. What? Sure <laughs> did. Sorry, you know, that was a little boy. Still going. Going well, going well so far. Um, No, but I, we got there probably about, by the time we got there, it was about 12, Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. 12, 1230. Whatever. So then we we put the tent up and then uh, we, we we went and uh, hung out at Joe's in law's boat, which was fun. Played some disc or like the Beersby, I think it's called. Is that what it's called? Beersby, the one with the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really fun. I I love that game. Um, it's always a good one. And I mean, honestly, that's one of the more fun parts of it. I think. Like I love the festival, obviously, but. Well, you're you're in the water having fun. We yeah. don't do it on the beach. We we play that Beersby in the water. You keep cool. And, you know, thank God we had great weather. Yeah, it was perfect. So it really was. That was great. We had a good time. What was your favorite beer? Do you do you remember? I Because I, I have one that stands it's out. It's the Melon Farmer from uh, Trail Point. Trail Point. It's a that cucumber really watermelon shandy. That was excellent. Was we got to really get our good. hands on that one. And, and a then, couple of other yeah, the, ones. The so, one that I really liked was from, I think it was from Pigeon Hill. There were two dill pickle ones. Yeah. That dill pickle beer sounds terrible. Whoa. It, oh my gosh, they were really good. Do you remember what the other one was? It Three Blondes? I don't, I don't think it was Three Blondes. It was right next I, to Three Blondes then. Oh, you must Darn be, it. be from Canada. Eh? <laughs> I can't remember, but the dill yeah, sunflower I, seeds. <laughs> oh yes. I walked up to Pigeon Hill and I had one in mind, and um, the server took the tape off like they had just tapped it, and I'm like, really a pickle beer? She goes, yeah. Let me taste it one second. She cracked the first sip. And she goes, it's pretty good. And I'm like, ah, yeah, but really, dill pickle? And yeah. she goes, do you like pickle? And I said, yeah, I like pickle. She goes, you're going to like this beer. Gosh. So I'm like, all right, take my ticket. Is that going to be the new craze? I, I, it might be. I mean, it wasn't crazy. I mean, it, you weren't just drinking alcoholic pickle juice, right? Yeah. It was just, it was, it was tamed it down. It was very well done. Yeah. Like, they, they had it balanced well. Um, I want to get, I want to try that one on the podcast for sure. I want to try yeah. one of the pickle ones yeah for sure but, no it, it was good I, I just don't know how much of it you can drink because it's pretty uh i mean i don't know maybe you can drink a full pint i, I don't know i mean because there's little samples and stuff but i don't know maybe we'll maybe we'll have to find some find some for the podcast how about John, you guys yeah how was, how was your week man busy just working yeah yeah worked like 57 hours last week so dang yeah saving up some money got a little excursion coming yeah. up here uh fill you guys in in two weeks yeah you'll be gone next week be mia yep. yeah for a real vacation yep i'll be south of the mason dixon line or something <laughs> I, don't I, don't know. Know. I have no idea where that is does, but that, does that run east yeah that's west, way so. down there yeah yep. yeah be down there down in texas nice so. that'll be fun. everything's bigger down there right we'll right find, we'll that's find out yeah allegedly 
Um, Ryan, how about you? How's your week? Just busy? Yeah, I don't know. You don't even know? <laughs> I don't know if I have a comment, yeah. Come up for air? Yep. <laughs> no, that's good. But uh, there's something I was going to ask you guys. Are we, do we do a beer intro first? Before, Yeah, we do. What, what are we drinking tonight, Micah? Uh, drinking from Tapestry in Bridgman, Michigan. Actually, across the street from Transient Ales. Which we did last week. Which we did last week. So, Tapestry Tuesday this week and uh, Transient Tuesday last week. Uh, we're drinking their Citron City Citra Hopped American Style Pale Ale. That is, like, I don't want to say hazy. That's That's not the right word. But it's thick. It's what, what kind did you say it was? Is it just like it's an IPA? Golden, yeah, man. it's a it's a citra hopped uh, American style pale ale. That makes sense. So, what it, I'm going to read the can. Ooh, so, combining artistry and chemistry, this fan favorite has been in our beer arsenal for years. So we felt it was worthy of a seasonal can release. Enjoy this amazingly delicious citra hopped delight. I love citra hops. I think those. I, th- I would say it's one of my favorite hops. One of your faves. Yeah, yeah that, that there was some citra in the double hutch, wasn't there? I feel like there was. And the reason why I say that because like when I took a bite of the hop, when we were brewing it, remember when I put one in my mouth? I probably shouldn't have done that. But it was <laughs> you're good. like, it looks so good. It looks it, so it's tasty. not good to like do it, but like that's the taste <laughs> that I'm getting is from. I don't know. There has to be citra in in the double hutch. But I what's would it? think so. Should look that up. We should. We should. What's the what's the percentage? I'm looking for it and I don't see it. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get that for the beer grade side yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. But, um, we're gonna jump into our beer flight segment, but before we do, I want to remind everyone. Well, I don't know if I should do that. Yeah, like, we gotta we gotta call we out the hops a bit. Yeah. yeah. So the hops is going through some um, staffing ch- changeover uh, for the le- is what they announced today on their. Their Facebook and Instagram, so they will be closed for further notice. Some challenges there. We're not really sure when they'll be open. Um, we don't have a whole lot of information. I've been trying to get a hold of Ben um, and see if they're going to be doing can cells or, or anything like that, or maybe like crawlers and all that good stuff. Sure. Um, haven't got much information on that, um, but they'll be back open soon, hopefully, and and we'll we'll kind of keep going. Otherwise, we'll keep telling you guys everything that we know because well. They're our sponsors, so we gotta we gotta keep filling everybody in, right? Even if it's not good news, just kind of the way it works. But um, if you're looking for a job, maybe maybe they'll they'll be looking to hire. I, I don't know like exactly the the ins and outs, but uh, we love to hops and hope that they can get their get back on track. I actually totally forgot about that today, and we went there for Taco Tuesday. Did you really? And we, and the whole family was bummed. Oh, uh, so, where where'd you guys go instead? Chick Fil A. Uh, Chick Fil A. Yeah, was, yeah I figured <laughs> he's right that. there. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense, but yeah. So no Taco Tuesday, no Stein Night Wednesday. I, I'm gonna get more information and 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 pass it on. Hopefully next week. Um, and I don't know if we're gonna be recording there in a couple weeks either. So we we just, just kind of up in the air. Yeah, we just had a draft, like a little mini four team draft uh, yeah. there last Thursday, right? Yeah. And, and it was, we played pool, had the draft, stayed late. Like it was awesome. It was a great atmosphere. That it's uh, treated us well. We're hoping we're hoping they they come back. They open yeah. back up. Yeah, but let's get into our our beer flight. Uh, topics for today. I'll, I'm actually going to start if that's right with you guys. Can I I'm that? actually going to start. You're going to start. Oh, so you can get your draft going. <laughs> no, My no, bad. no. Uh, but Carrie is drinking a staycation from Arvon Brewing. Company. Oh, yeah. All right. What kind of what kind of beer is that, Carrie? I'm trying to remember. Is that a sour or is it like a IPA? Does anybody remember here? I feel like it's an IPA. Is it? I, I didn't hear what it I was. I think you're right. Yeah. I th- yeah, it is. 
I, I can picture it now. Yeah. I, I think so. At least the can. I can picture the can. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's good. But you want to start with your flight segment? No, I was just or throwing just that in to get there. That yeah, in there. I was going to throw that in at the end of the D-Hops plug, but yeah. our, our, our plug <laughs> was a much little... Of a, much of a plug, <laughs> yeah, huh? It was, it was the best read yet, though. More of an <laughs> unplug. <laughs> it was, yeah. Way to, way to script that one, sir. Yeah, I, I, I meant to do it, and I just didn't get any information. Did they so. not say anything to you guys on Thursday when you were up there, though? Uh, I did know it was coming. Oh, all right. I, I talked to Ben a little bit about it. I didn't know if it was going to officially happen. There was rumors, so... Got you. Okay. Um, no big but deal. But yeah, it started, started today officially, so... Unfortunately, but for my flight segment, I got some Red Wings to talk about. Uh, Philip Zadina, he did get his new contract, so he was, uh, I believe, the only restricted free agent left. At least that's worth talking about um, heading into this year for the Red Wings. So they they got the deal done. It was a three year deal, one point eight two five per year, which is actually pretty. It's lower than I thought it was going to be. His base salary starts at nine fifteen this year, jumps up to one eight. And then two seven three for the last season, but when it's a cap hit, like they average everything out, and that he'll be a cap hit for the one point eight two five each year. So three years, and and for the people that it's that, pretty cheap. It is cheap. It's very cheap for what was he a sixth overall pick back in two thousand eighteen? Is is what I, I this is off the top of my Add, head. Adds value to the club. Do we want more from him? Maybe, but he's still he's still growing into his role, right? Exactly. Yep. He's. And, and with, with the depth that I think Eisenman's creating, a, a guy like this can really benefit from from the depth because if he's going to be playing with, you know, I mean, it, he, he was a third-line guy, sometimes snuck into the second round, but not deep. It's, the Red Wings were so bad that he was playing with, with really bad players in the NHL. That's where he's going to stay. But it's if he's going to be playing with higher-end talent, he's going to get more looks. He's going to get more opportunity to play his game. Um, so... I, I'm glad that we're keeping him. Do I think he's he's uh, gonna have a renaissance here and take off? No, not necessarily. But I would rather take another chance for a cheap amount of time. He's, I mean, it's a roster, small roster spot, small cap hit. None of that hurts what the Red Wings did. If you lose out on that sixth overall pick already, that's what hurts. If you can get anything of this guy, that's what that's what we need to do. He brings depth, um, and that that's really important to me. Uh, and, and really, it just comes down to, I mean, with, with Zadina done, his contract all taken care of, it's just, I'm just wa- waiting, I'm trying to read all these articles of, all right, what's going on with Bertuzzi? What's going on with Larkin? It seems like it has to be, be being worked on behind the scenes, but there's literally nothing out there. Um, but we'll definitely be tell, be the ones to tell you as soon as it happens. Actually, it'll probably happen on a Wednesday morning, right after we're done recording, so we probably will tell you a week later. <laughs> That's kind of the way it works, right? That's our MO. <laughs> All right, John, are you on the clock yet? I'm not, but wow. I'm trying to figure out why it's showing everybody else's auto pick. Oh boy. Yes. So, so you want you want to skip on your topic? Yeah, for let's now. pass. Or we can just cover it real quick. I mean, I yeah, don't have yeah, a whole lot to real, talk about. Just go real quick, then you can focus. Yeah, well, go. Yeah, let's wrap up the golf season, right? Yes. The, well, the PGA. Yeah. Golf season. Uh, <laughs> What's left of it? Yeah, the FedEx Cup was uh, awarded a winner this past weekend. Um, they had their who who won the FedEx Cup? <sighs> I don't think he plays on the Live Tour. I don't think he's American. Um, it's a guy that had like sixteen top ten finishes, I think, on the season too. So that's pretty incredible. Rory McIlroy. Does that name ring a bell? Oh yeah. Okay, so he yeah. won the tournament and the won the cup the playoff. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. All right, I knew he won the tournament, but I didn't know that he won. Yep. The, the yeah, he leapfrogged uh, number one in the world, Scotty Scheffler, on the last day. Yep, I think that tournament brings in the most amount of points too for the playoffs. So even if you're in the top like 
eight or nine. I think if you win, you win. And so. Scheffler's is the one that is going to the live, correct? No. No. Cam, Cam Smith. Cam Smith. I get those two confused, even though they sound nothing alike. But <laughs> do, so are you happy with that Rory won it? Especially all right, with all I, the controversy that yeah, I mean, yeah, it, he's been Yeah, because he's obviously stirring, a huge will. proponent for the PGA Tour. Um, he's not going anywhere. Um, it was actually announced that him and Tiger Woods are starting a new like golf um, yeah. league, we'll call it. I don't really know too many of the details, but it sounds like it's either going to be indoor, like, stadiums or, like, simulator golf or mm. something. Supported I don't think by uh, California and Texas. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, anything they're where they're going to. Yeah, I don't California's think. California's not corrupt, so it's fine. I don't think they're going to be, good. like, bringing guys around to these, you know, uh, world-renowned courses yeah. and hosting tournaments. Um, That'll be interesting. Sounds like just a, a ploy for them to, like, stay relevant in what is, like, today's golf. Yeah. Um, well, with that win, I mean, Rory's still relevant. He's a great player. Um his stats on the season are incredible, too. I think he had, like, all top eight finishes in the majors. Um, yeah. So, Mr. Consistent, all right, I got to say something. I was not a Rory fan for the longest time. Really wasn't. Hated when he came to the tour. I was like, man, if this is the guy they're going to pass the torch to from Tiger Woods, like, he's wearing Nike. He's hitting Nike clubs. Like, yeah. They're kind of grooming him that way. Um, I don't know. He's just, like, a Weasley-looking guy, too, for yeah. a long time there. Um but as the years, you know, pass, I, I have a lot of respect for the guy. He's he had a lot of like uh, shortcomings where he was, you know, running runner up or you know couldn't couldn't close, couldn't do this. Well, this is the third time he's won the FedEx Tour. So is it really um, okay. good for him? Um, and again, I think it's a good a good uh, way to end the season for the PGA Tour. Scotty Scheffler winning would have been pretty cool too because yeah. uh, he's he's not your big name, he's not your big flashy guy. He he doesn't talk. He's not an interviewer whatsoever. Um, had a heck of a season as well, a lot of wins. He made a lot of money this year. Um, neither of those guys have a reason to leave for Live Golf, and uh, we'll see what happens, you know, in the off season. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's announced that like six other names are leaving, and yeah, and Live is still going. They have a tournament this weekend, right? Yeah, yep, yeah. They got a couple left on the calendar year. So, yeah, nine oh one. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see all that. What did you say? Nine one one. Nine oh one. I'm just giving him a heads up. Oh, gotcha. I was like, oh boy, what? Someone hurt? I'm turning All my the turning my mic off. Turn the mic off. Tell us when you're on the clock, and we'll we'll discuss your pick. This is our team now. You know that since you brought the draft here tonight. Yeah, he's he's totally not listening. <laughs> Already, as gone. long as we're dialed in with the sound and stuff, we we're good to go. Um, <laughs> Micah, I want you to go next here. Yeah, absolutely. So let's bring in uh, another coaching blunder. So poor Scott Frost. He was oh, well on his way to kind of recouping his team at halftime and going out there and making things happen, <laughs> right? So, so up 11. Well, let, let me let me back up just a tad. So at halftime, Nebraska was down uh, 14 to 17, okay? And so they, they come out of the tunnel, raring to go. You know, they scored two touchdowns within a matter of 30 seconds. Did they really? Holy! See, this is scored so, at nine thirty-seven and scored at nine oh nine. Okay, so they so they went up eleven. All right, went up eleven. And what do you think Scott Frost <laughs> likes to do? The man goes for an onside kick. Right, so he's he's getting greedy. He's like he's feeling it. You know, he's got the energy, got the momentum, and momentum gone. So goes for an onside kick, fails from. Nine minutes, nine seconds left in the third. And what happened after that against Nebraska is they got outscored 14-0 through two interceptions, punted four times, and had a total of four first downs. 
It's unbelievable. Imploded. I I was high on Nebraska and I thought this was going to be their year because they 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 blew too many games the same way last year. Yeah. They just they shot themselves in the foot. They had so many close games. Here they are again doing the same freaking thing, and just I I, I don't know I. See, I don't hate Scott Frost the way a lot of Michigan fans do. Um, How can you hate him? He sucks. Well, I just mean because of the whole when he was the quarterback was he a quarterback at Nebraska? Yeah. yeah. So like, I don't I, that doesn't bother me at all. But it's just like, man, like he it's just not working. And I, this is one of the biggest blunders of, of coaching hires it, that there ever ever has been. It's it's not good. The man's seat is hot. So let's get to this quick little uh, snippet here. So. After that loss, <laughs> after that loss, Scott Frost is now 15 and 30 at Nebraska. Bo Pelini was fired after going 67 and 27. <laughs> if if Scott Frost wins his next 50 games in a row, he would still have a worse record at Nebraska at 65 and 30 than Bo did. That's unreal. I love that stat. That makes me so happy. So like that's I mean, just I, I love little things like that that just make no sense, but it just it's so fun. <laughs> I mean, you stick a fork in this guy, right? I mean, I I don't know. I I think he could write the ship. I still I'm not going to give up on him, and I'll probably lose a lot of money doing that, um, because I'm going to bet on them, and I feel like I'm set up. Another thing that I thought was interesting about that, uh, and I didn't I didn't know this, but he was the special teams coach last year, and they basically told him that all right, and I don't know who has the power to do this, but said no, you got to hire a special teams coordinator and let him do it, and here they are making a. <laughs> boneheaded call like that who knows who made the official call and i don't know if it'll ever come out it feels like it'll be something like like the kicker if he has a certain read he's allowed to to do it and he he took his chance i don't know um but it's just oh my gosh when you told me that on sunday morning when i could finally focus i was just like <laughs> what they're like i thought you were lying to me i looked uh, at you i was like no you're lying like it can't be true like, like, oh, yeah, it happened. To what like, oh, what a heck of, like, week zero football, right? Oh, gosh. I was looking forward to it, and I didn't watch any of it. I feel bad because I was pumping pumping myself up for it, and then I was just like, oh, I got better things to do. You pumped up yourself <laughs> full of uh, beer? Yeah, I definitely did that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a little too much, but it was fine. I got I got through it. But <laughs> Ryan, what would you want to talk about? You got the, the list of Lions cuts, right? Yeah, I do, and I'm not sure the best way to do this, but I think there's some major names in here, and we might as well just kind of go through some major positional groups yeah, and the yeah. names that people are familiar with. Yeah, let's right? do it. So at the quarterback position, um, after the last preseason game, I don't think anybody's surprised. Tim Boyle was cut. Oh, yeah, I know that was a disaster. But uh, who made the roster? David Blau. So there's already there's already rumors that he's a possible cut candidate if the Lions want to go after a quarterback, a backup quarterback, during this uh, waiver um, series right now. So that, that that's some of the news. I, I really I, – I'll get into the rest of the positions, but overall my feeling is backup quarterback with this type of team, what are we trying to salvage? We're not trying to salvage – uh, middle of middling of the pack or just like an improved season. If our quarterback goes down and Jared Goff gets injured, I want to lose as many games as possible to yep. get the best draft pick possible to replace that quarterback with a number one draft selection. Yep. So I would I want to just hold David Blau, keep him on the team as a team guy, whatever locker room like he's going to work hard. I'm not looking to improve the backup quarterback situation at all. I don't want to pay for that position. I don't want to trade for that position. Leave it alone. Yeah, I, I definitely don't want to trade for it or, or, or any way, shape, or form like improve in that way. But I think some of the other co uh, quarterbacks that were waived 
are more in, are more intriguing to me personally. Ian Book is an interesting one. Don't love the guy. Never really have on Notre Dame, but it's like he he's, he was the one on Notre Dame, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, like he's kind of intriguing because he pl- he played a few games last year, if I remember correctly. So yeah, it, it, he, looked, he looked really yeah. Carson Strong is another one who, who was undrafted uh, this year, right? Yeah, out of Nevada. Yeah, I mean I those are the guys that I'm just like. We know what Blau is. <laughs> And you never know if you bring this guy in and something might click the way that you're running the offense. Now, do I think you can find a quarterback that's going to win you an NFL game on a waiver wire? No, I don't. But then right. I also hear other people talking about it like, well, what if Goff gets hurt in the second half? Let's say the Lions go out, beat Philly, and then are up in the second half 17-10 to 10 against Washington Week 2. And it's like, I wish we had a quarterback that could at least finish this game. Like, it's not a long-term injury, but... Goff's out for the game. We need somebody to salvage this. Now we're just going to be like panicking, trying to get this second. You know what I mean? Where it's like I would like to see an upgrade from Blau for that particular reason, but also a guy that knows the offense, knows what's going on, whether it's good or not. He's probably still our best chance to salvage a game like that in that type of moment. At least here, week one, week two. Yeah, and I think the locker room has a lot to do with this. If the locker room thinks that Blau is a, a good enough backup quarterback, keep him. If if he's lost the locker room and there and there's chatter about like you know this guy's terrible like our best quarterback is golf and it's not even close if if he goes down we're screwed I could see how you want to keep the locker room engaged and and you know um, play the part as a coach to make things as competitive as possible yep that's the only situation I can see I really again I don't care uh, those situations with quarterbacks don't happen very often I think it's very important to have a good backup quarterback. If you are a competitive football team and you expect to be competitive, yep. Um, if you're if you're a Peyton Manning led team or a Tom Brady led team, then I think uh, get a veteran guy that can just like, you know, keep the keep the momentum of the team going for the time being until your star quarterback is ready to to compete for a Super Bowl again. Yep. That's not us. No, I I agree completely. Another thing that I thought about with the Blau and I was thinking it through a couple like really last week was was the Lions schedule. And you look at some of the quarterbacks that that they're going to be facing. They're going to be going against Jalen Hurts. Look, I mean, I'm not going to say Blau is a dual threat quarterback, but he has the the shiftiness and the ability on the ground that he can at least mimic a guy like Jalen Hurts a little bit more than let's say a Boyle could do. You know what I mean? And there's a yeah. lot of those type of quarterbacks that we're going to be facing throughout the season. So I think if he can run a scout team that helps us our defense see what it's going to be like against. You know the teams that we're playing. I, I think that's that's a good thing, a good good thing to have. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see that. Um, again, let's let's stop talking about backup quarterback because I don't care anymore. I, I'm done with it. Right. <laughs> right. We're, yeah. Like, we're done. There's so much chatter around yeah. uh, the Lions sports talk about backup quarterback. <laughs> it's it's let's do it for the next hour. Right. All well, right. I want. I'm wondering if Boyle's going to go back to Green Bay. He like, might. I heard that they released a, a quarterback too. Yeah, they released Danny Etling. I mean, he was. He was kind of like that young, fun kind of guy who just kind of played with that, yeah, you know, relentless type attitude. But I mean, he he got caught. I mean, all we did was kept two quarterbacks. I think most teams are keeping just two quarterbacks. They should, so. yeah. they should. I, I'm glad we didn't waste a, another roster spot on a second quarterback, like a second backup. A quarterback. third, yeah, yeah, right, third right. like we have like last couple of years. Yeah, but. I agree. Uh, right. Out of the running back position, this this was is definitely some a topic to talk about, but. Yeah. Justin Jackson, really the star of the preseason out of that running back group, um, cut. Justin Jackson, out. Okay. So I, honestly, I've I have not looked at this at all. So all right. I'm, I'm surprised. Godwin, by that. Godwin, Iguibuke. 
cut. Whoa. Jamar Jefferson made the, the roster. Jamar did over Jackson. Jamar, Jamar Je- yeah, Jefferson was the one that made it. And in, in out of the preseason games, he probably had the least uh, eye-popping stats out of all of them. It yep. was, he didn't miss necessarily contribute in the return game at all, but he was very strong in his uh, coverage skills in, in special teams. And when the the game that he got the bulk of the carries, he looked last year before he got, he I think he hurt his hip or something like that, right? He looked actually pretty good. Oh yeah, he looked. I mean, like he scored on a touchdown, right? Yeah, or he got oh, injured yeah, on the huge, touchdown. Huge, huge run. I think it was against the Steelers, right? Yeah. Um, so I I just look at I, it makes more sense. Like if you lose a DeAndre Swift, that's the guy that can maybe fill that type of role more. Shifty, right? Is that fair to say? He, he's, more, got, he's supposed to be the one that has better vision. I, I would say okay. Justin Jackson was the shiftier, uh, proven guy that's going to maybe explode through the hole a little bit better. Okay. Um, he actually got some some reps as a starter in last year's season. Um, for the Chargers? Yeah, for the Chargers before you know getting injured then. But, yeah, just a little bit of a surprise just because when you look at the, the stats, the running, the rushes, the yards, and everything, he would have been the last person you would keep. Yeah. Um, Again, this is not a running back, in my opinion, as a fourth running back. So they only kept four, which is a little surprising. Yeah, so it's obviously Swift, Williams, Reynolds? Reynolds, number three. And then Jefferson, number Jefferson. four. Jefferson, okay. But I, I think this is a very strong play for special teams, and that, that was the goal okay. out of this. Um, wide receivers. Tom Kennedy was cut. Khalil Pimpleton was cut Yep. Uh, out, of, out of Central. Yeah. Uh, Maurice Alexander, the one that everybody he wanted as a return cut. man, he was cut. Okay. Uh, so Trinity who- Benson, he was an injured cut player, so that means that we cannot take Stupid. back Trinity Benson through the whole year. So if if you place a guy on a, on the putt basically and it, who's injured and you cut him before the 53-man roster being made, then you're not allowed to bring him back. And you can't put him on your your practice squad. You can't put him on your practice squad. You cannot, so, and that you was, cannot sign him for the rest of the season. That was the, the one season. that they gave up a fifth-round pick for a seventh and him. Yes. Right? For, with Denver? Yes. So, interesting for the, for the, to see them kind of give up on that uh, over them. And that, that means Cephas made it, I'm guessing? Yep, Quintez Cephas. Okay. Um, I should have... Uh, sorry. No, no, no. I, 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 sorry, I don't mean... To, I was just trying to... But yeah, keep going on on maybe some of the wide receivers. Or, or was that? I mean, the the with Pimpleton and Alexander gone, well, those so were the kind of guys that you were thinking maybe are return guys. So who do you think does the returning? Uh, that's a good question. It could be it could be Reynolds actually. Yeah, yeah, it could be a guy that we see returning those. Um, it could be Khalif Raymond. Obviously, it okay. could be kick and punt. Which maybe I, mostly punt. Like I don't pl- I don't put a lot of I I look at special like kick returns and punt returns as like just don't screw up. Don't hold, don't fumble. Everything else, like, is just positive in my opinion. I would say because coverage is more important. Cover, right? yeah. No, the I think that's true. Like, things. yeah, you can get a guy that breaks for one or two a year, but I'd rather just, I don't know, like, just don't get a fifteen-yard holding penalty or whatever it is, and like, or block in the back that just screws up field position that way. Yeah. So we you actually know? kept only five wide receivers. There was a lot of speculation that we were going to get six seven. or seven. Yeah. Uh, so we uh, obviously the list is DJ Chark, uh, Josh Reynolds, Amon Ross, Sam Brown, and then Quintez Sevis and Khalif Raymond. Those are the five. Okay, all right. T- Kennedy was one that people were keeping an eye on because he he performed pretty well. Yeah, he um, did. And it's just weird. Like I, I don't know if any of these guys are gonna go have 
good careers anywhere, but I feel like we're starting to drop players that might get picked up. And that's the hard part. Like when you see guys like, oh, do we really want to get rid of him? He's just going to go get picked up and have a great career. It's actually a good problem to have. Yeah, and I think also with those three guys that were that were cut, not Trinity Benson, obviously, because we can't get him back, but with Khalil Pimpleton, with um, – Sorry, I'm Kennedy. Yeah, Tom Kennedy. Yeah, I feel like if one of those guys gets picked up, we can put the other one on the practice squad. Yeah, so it's it's not the worst thing in the world to maybe protect him for a, a you know, a few different weeks out of the year, protect him so that nobody else can pick him up out of the practice squad. Um, but but if you there's two sides of it. If you build enough enough depth, then those are the guys that other teams are going to steal from. Mm-hmm. But then if you can out of that pool of players that people are stealing from, if you feel confident in the majority of them are multiples, then then at least one of them is going to stick around for your practice squad. So I think, uh, you know, the more depth, the better, obviously, and, and we're seeing that this year a little bit. Uh, another surprise, we kept four tight ends. So we kept TJ Hawkinson, Brock yep. Wright, Shane Zilstra, and James Mitchell, the rookie. Zilstra did make it. He did. Okay. All four of them. Wow. So some of this might be because Jason Kambinda is on the, the pup. pup or, list, yeah, he's yeah. going to be out for four weeks at least. And so a guy like Shane Zilstra or even James Mitchell might fill in that, that the fullback role. Interesting. Uh, and, and maybe a lot of two tight end sets. Four tight ends. Well, I mean, if you're going to pound the ball. And we had to use offen- we had to use some extra offensive linemen last year to run the ball the way they wanted to because we didn't have tight ends that were worth a dang for anything so it was like, all right, just put an extra offensive lineman out there. Well, if you can get a tight end that can be a little bit of both and run a true offense, th- that's a good problem to have, right? I mean, that four seems like a lot. <laughs> but if you told me if you told me today or like at the beginning of camp that we were going to keep four tight ends, there would be no question in my mind. Funches would make it over uh, Ziel- Zielstra. That's his name, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Zielstra's that's the one that's Zielstra. a little surprising to me, but. Is what it is. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Out of that list, though, can you think of somebody who was cut out of the top of your mind? For the tight ends? Yeah, tight ends. Funches. Yeah, Devin Funches. Is the one that, yeah. Which was, was cut a little bit earlier, but um, we, we kind of knew that was going to happen. It might be injury-related a bit, too. because Yeah, because he, he did get hurt. Yeah, they yeah. didn't put him on any kind of uh, pup list or anything. Um, so, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to say. Hopefully, I'm hoping he's one of those guys that gets to the practice squad we keep him around yeah. for a bit and then uh, see if he can turn into the, one of those pass-catching ones. No, I agree. Um, offensive line, the the real, uh, you know, we were, did release Dan Skipper, Kendall Lamb. Those were kind of some obvious names that yeah. we, we saw. Um, a big storyline in um, in uh, Hard Knocks has been easy. Yeah. You following him, he was he, cut. He was cut. I, yeah. I thought that was pretty obvious that that was going to happen. Yeah, and then Darren Paulo, those are, those are really the key uh, linemen, offensive okay. linemen. I, but they kept, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the the guy's name that they were talking about. Maybe it was a cut can. Yeah, Nelson. Yeah, Nelson. Which I'm yeah. glad that we kept. I think that was a good keep. I think he's very uh, flexible that he can play pretty much anywhere on the line. Yeah, we so, kept we kept Evan Brown, Tommy Kramer, Matt, Matt Nelson. Those are some pretty good, uh, decent backups. And then we're gonna go sign real, Alex Leatherwood, right? A real strong <laughs> up and coming guard that's been. Crushing it the last couple of weeks has been a star on uh, Pro Football Focus for weeks two and three of the preseason. Logan Stenberg. Logan Stenberg, and that's important. I forget where he was drafted, but I remember what or was he undrafted? No, he was a third round pick. He was, was he back to back pick? Um, we got we, um, Jonah Jackson, Jonah Jackson, and then Logan Stenberg, yeah. maybe fourth round, maybe the, yeah. the first pick of fourth round or something. 
Um, yeah, it's a no. Glad no to see him make because people were talking about him not making it. Yeah, and he and he really stepped up as a run blocker specifically, but he's been consistent both sides. So nice. that, that was good. Defensive line. Um, the biggest name that made the team, Demetrius Taylor, made it. So this is the only undrafted free agent that made this the fifty man three man squad. Demetrius Taylor, number sixty nine. I want to I want to say I can't he, tell you who he is. He's a smaller, undersized. Dude out of Appalachian State. Okay. And he has been crushing it this, this offseason. Like, he has been an absolute star of the preseason. He's causing pressure from the inside, like, on a play-by-play basis. Yeah. He's quick. He's strong. Um, he was he was an absolute disruptor at the college level. But because he played at Appalachian State and he's undersized, people just kind of didn't give him any credit. Yeah. And he's a player, man. He's he's good. He's shifty. He, is he the E or is he an interior? Interior guy. Okay. Yeah, Demetri- Which is Demetrius Taylor. Who are very thin at that. We need to get we need to get some more depth there. Yeah, and then John Kaminsky is the other one that that um made the squad. Okay. Yep. So those are the two names I think that were on pretty much on like the the potential cut list. Isaiah Bugs also made the squad. Uh, I'll find the 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 cuts here pretty soon. Uh, Bruce Hector. Interior defensive lineman, we we cut him. Um, so I'm going along with this. Sorry. No, no, you're good. I, th- I'm actually really enjoying it. We, we waved actually... we waved Eric Banks, defensive lineman, who did show up at a couple of those games. Uh, Jay Sean Cornell, who out of uh, Ohio State, I think we we were hopeful that he would come back and do something. He's been injured for a long time. Um, those two guys, Eric Banks and Cornell, are in the same position as Trinity Benson. He was hurt. We cut him, so the Lions cannot roster him okay. this year. Um, so no major surprises there, except we kept a couple of guys that were maybe on the bubble. Uh, linebackers. This is something that... It's a, yeah. Yeah. This is kind of a bigger one. Jared Davis. We cut him. Well, So he was a first-round first pick by the Lions a long time ago. We let Six him go, seasons. and then yeah. he came back, didn't make the team. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah, he, he didn't I don't it. think... It, it, it almost felt like they they knew that from the beginning. He was playing late in preseason games. He didn't really have a great chance to make the team, at least from our from what we saw. Um, it seemed like the writing was on the wall for him. Um, and I, I don't know. I think he would have been a good uh, veteran to have, but at the same time, I don't I don't think that's worth keeping with where this team's at. He just doesn't and have and the feel. And he he's not a special feel. teams guy that's going to go out and you know what I mean. Like if we can take somebody else, that'll perform on both sides you yeah. know that that's that's more important he's big he's strong he's actually pretty fast for his size too he just doesn't have the football instincts that you think a guy like that would yeah especially being a first rounder you expect that to come with instincts he never just doesn't draft, have it never draft a florida guy again <laughs> on defense, uh, anthony Pittman was a little surprise to me i thought he had a, a pretty good chance based on the way he finished last season um and then that's really it for the for the linebackers um oh i guess james houston so he was more of an edge rusher we drafted him sixth round. He didn't make the team. He got cut. So he was the one that off of Dion's team, right? Yeah, he's the Dion dude. The um, problem is that what they called him. Yep, yep. So he didn't make. He it. made a little bit of noise early in he, camp. He might be one. Like I don't think anybody's going to pick him up. He will be one that you keep on your practice squad. I hope and, so. And see if you can develop. I hope we invest in this guy and yeah, yeah uh, keep him around for a little while. Um, so that means that linebacker group is consisting of Chris Board, Alex Anzalone. Josh Woods, Derek Barnes, and Malcolm Rodriguez. Derek Barnes had a really good game. Yeah, he's starting to. Derek Barnes is showing it out. out. I'm I'm excited. Just I'm 
Rodrigo too. The 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 linebacking core I don't think really played much as a as a group in the preseason. I feel like it was one of the biggest questions heading into camp and we don't have the answers because we know nothing other than Rodriguez had a good camp and is is exciting. That, that that's pretty much it. Yeah. Other than that they're not teach they're not showing us anything telling us much. I think if opinion. you I think you look at Chris Board, Alex Anzalone and Rodrigo, those three guys can cover. Yeah. So they're, they're that's they that's important. Yeah, they can be the cover linebacker and also, you know, be physical enough to get in there and, and hit some guys. But then you got Derek Barnes who seems more like an enforcer with some speed and and remember he's a defensive end pass rusher uh in college. So this is a guy that likes to use his hands and is really crafty at, at you know shedding blocks. Yeah. I think I think this group is going to be better than people expect. I hope so. They need to be. Cornerbacks. Chase Lucas made the team, Bobby Price made the team, Will Harris made the team as backups. Mike Hughes, Jeff Fakuda, Amani Awarie are the starters. That means that the cut Jake, list Jacobs AJ Parker AJ Parker was cut. Savion Savion Smith was cut. Cedric Boswell was cut. Uh, those guys were just getting lit up there yeah. later in the games. Um, but also, uh, um, man, I'm searching. Oh, Jerry Jacobs was Jerry placed J- yeah. was placed on the pup. So they they were oh. hoping he'd be ready game one, game two, maybe. But they just ran out of time. He wasn't fully ready. This is Dan Campbell's way of just freeing up a 53 man roster. Which spot he for was him. an undrafted free agent last year. Kind yep. of came on and and. Performed decent, not good, not terrible, but I mean, for for what he was, he was he the was number fine. he was the number one performing undrafted free agent out of all rookies last yeah. year. Yeah, so he he performed pretty well, but um, I think AJ Parker was the bigger deal. He started a lot of games for us last year in the slot, and so yeah. this is putting our our trust in uh, Hughes. Yeah, a little bit in the slot there, which I'm I'm all for. Yeah, and then when when uh, Jerry Jacobs comes back, he can take that role if needed. Um. Almost done here. Sorry, safeties. We kept a lot of safeties. There's really no one worth talking about except C.J. Moore. He okay. was the big cut candidate there, uh, and he's another waived injured guy, so we're not going to get him back on the team. He finished pretty strong on the team last year. I liked him. I, he's, yeah. he's kind of a team guy, but we have not, better guys there. we've invested in some other some other talent there um, in the likes of, uh, let's see, Tracy Walker, Deshaun Elliott as the starters, and the backups, Kirby Joseph, Juju Hughes, Juju Hughes was the standout all preseason. Yep, um, and Kirby and then, Joseph was was a it felt like a steal in this draft. Yeah, so I mean you got it. You got it. An iffy, iffy Melifadu okay. who uh, is kind of converting almost full time from cornerback over to safety, <laughs> which is funny because you got uh, the other guy, Will Harris, going from safety to corner. Yeah, right? yeah, they just switched <laughs> spots. That's pretty good. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to bring up is just um, the kicking battle. So Riley Patterson was cut. Okay, so which means Austin Seibert is our is our field and goal And he was the one that kicker. finished the year last year, was right. Was uh, Patterson, Riley Patterson. Patterson was the one that finished the year. Yeah, it's so confusing. They were both they were both pretty consistent. Yeah, they've been consistent the whole time. I think Seibert's got the bigger leg, and that's what they're looking for. They're looking for the the game winning fifty five yarder. Okay. Um, the physically so the pup list guys are the Jason Cabinda, Romeo Aquara, Jerry Jacobs, Josh Pascal, uh, Jameson Williams. And um, yeah, so, so that, when these guys get activated from the pup, that means you have to release correct a guy or two. Yeah, so, so Juju Hughes, some of those guys uh, that we've talked about are, yeah. are on the bubble still. They're still fighting for that roster spot. Be interesting to see, and and I I can't wait to get into the Lions talk next next week a little bit more. 
previewing the season. There's going to be long-winded. I know. I'm no, sorry. it was good. And honestly, I, I I almost put Lions here in a, as a topic today, but I'm like, we got Michigan State, Michigan football to go. So like, when you were like, all right, we want to talk Lions in this flight, I'm like, please do because like we got we can't not not talk about it, right? Like, we have to talk about it. So, Mike, I know you were just Double loving negative. it, right? You guys were killing it. Good job. Thanks, man. Well, thank Ryan should say thanks because I, I agree. I thought you killed it, but ready, ready to roll, John? Yeah. From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. This is State of My Sports. We got we got a comp comment from Jerry. He said, "Live from the Pitbull concert at Van Andel Arena." <laughs> it's Mr. ready Will to start. Lie. He's got Miller Lite Ice Cold rating 9.9. He said, good luck tonight, boys, recording. Good time. And then we got somebody watching. What does that say? Guwap McLeod is watching. What's up, Guwap? Is that how you say it? Guwap? G-U- Glad you're here. W-O-P? Is that how you would say it? Guwap? Phonetically? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Thanks, man. Share us with your friends. Help us grow our audience. We're jumping into the Michigan State Spartans. We're going to do oh, Michigan State first because that's only fair. Um uh, so last year, Michigan State finished the season 11 and two with losses to Purdue and Ohio State, and beat Pitt in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Uh, along with a successful overall season, they beat their biggest rival, Michigan. And Tucker is now two and zero versus the Wolverines. They finished seven and two in conference. And if they were able to take care of business against Purdue, um, they more than likely would have represented the Big Ten East in the championship game. Mel Tucker had an incredible year two at MSU after going two and five overall in the COVID season. He put MSU back on the map, gained a ton of traction as a legitimate coach in the co- in college football, and earned a ten year, ninety five million dollar contract, along with a one point five million dollar raise for his coaching salary pool, which now sits at seven point five million, which is really an incredible foundation to set when you're paying your coaches. You're getting paid. You're setting a foundation, and and that should be really exciting. Um, for Spartan fans. Talk a little bit about the betting side of things. MSU is plus 12,000 to win the national championship. They have the seventh best odds to win the Big Ten at plus 2,800 behind Minnesota, who's plus 25, Iowa plus 18, Penn State plus 13, Wisconsin plus 1,000, Michigan plus 650, and OSU minus 215 to win the Big Ten. Um, They're over-under. Uh, wins is over seven and a half wins is at minus 130 and then under the 110 or under seven and a half wins sorry is at plus 110 so uh yeah we also got another comment from bob karen agree miller light 9.9 having one on the deck and watching my dad's on vacation tonight so he's he's pumped. He's he's said he's he said he's not going to turn us off and fall asleep. So I don't know if that was a compliment or <laughs> he's going to keep us on and fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, he's probably got his Oculus on on the deck too. Just listen. <laughs> right, let's be honest. No um, key subtractions. I think we'll we'll kind of move through here and then jump in when you guys want to. Obviously, the big one is Kenneth Walker. You also have Jay. You also have Jalen Naylor. And Jacob Panishuk are, are the three biggest names, I think, that left for the NFL. Walker, obviously a high-end draft pick. Naylor drafted in the sixth round by the Vikings. And Panishuk was an undrafted free agent uh, signed by Washington. I think he was released. I actually don't have that um, in front of me for sure, but I, I'm pretty sure he, he got released over the point here. Um, the, he was the leader of the defense, a game-breaking speedster at wide receiver. 
um, and a guy uh, who should have been in the Heisman finalist are not easy to replace um, for anybody. Naylor had some had some good some had some yards. Basically, is what I was going to try to say. A uh, pretty good career overall. I mean, almost 1,500 yards um, in his career, uh, 12 touchdowns. Last year he had six six touchdowns, just under 700 yards, um, which which was a big piece of what the offense did. I think for Michigan State. I don't I don't think it, the stats really don't tell the story. With I agree with that. Nope, I think that's a good point. There's a guy that battled injuries all throughout his college career, and it was clearly a speedster and a game breaker. Um, that they were hoping to have at all times, and it just never seemed to always be available. Yep. Uh, but but last year he did have his biggest year, 695 yards, six touchdowns. So the 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 game breaking speed was always there when he was on the field. Yep, for sure. And obviously Kenneth Walker, incredible season last year. For his one year um, at Michigan State, he had 1600 plus yards on 263 attempts. Uh, 18 touchdowns with a 94 yard was his longest. That's a 6.2 average, 136.3 average yards per per game. Un, un, in, incredible numbers. Stud. And he deserved to be at the Heisman ceremony, in my opinion. I wouldn't say because over Hutchinson, but like too many quarterbacks were there that obviously weren't going to win. I think you got to spread the wealth a little bit more there. Um, but I mean, they got a lot to lot to fill. But I, I think what Tucker did. From year one to year two, I think he he's he's got the job ready here. So uh, we'll we'll kind of go there now. Let's start with with the quarterback preview in the offense. Is that cool with you guys? Or do you got more? Yeah, to say right there? into it. Kick it. Um, in my opinion, probably one of the least concerning positions here. It's Peyton Thorne's job, no no question. Um, and and just he's the proven leader of the offense. I think with with what um, Kenneth Walker did, they were able to put the spotlight on somewhere else. But he's still seriously a good leader. He doesn't go out there and like win crazy games, like make incredible plays and stuff, and he doesn't. He does make those mistakes, but he's he's got such he's got this short memory that I think a lot of quarterbacks don't have at his age and in court in in college football that he just doesn't care. He just moves on and he'll make that same throw and this next time he'll make it after he makes that mistake. You know what I mean? Like he's not afraid to try that exact same throw again and and kind of go away from it. You know what I mean? He definitely battles. Yeah, doesn't he? Like he he always comes back in these games. He keeps them close, and we saw that against Pitt in the in the bowl game. You know they did they weren't playing a Pitt team that with um with Kenny Pickett. Yeah, yep. But this defense was legit last year. They, they were really good. Pitt's yeah, oh defense. yeah, oh yeah. And 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 I saw somebody um you know making a comment about Peyton Thorne and coming back and how how good he is and and how he tore up the Pitt defense. Uh, no, you yeah, weren't you yeah. were not watching that game no. then because the stats were there, but it was chaos at the end that that brought them back in. Um, but that's that's the fight that I think is a really great thing that, out of Peyton Thorne. He's he's very athletic. Yeah, he's got, he's got a big arm. He threw some. He had some games where the ball was not coming out of his hand right. I, I would agree with that. And, and I, he, when he's under duress, he can look uncomfortable. He, he and that, can, that's yeah. a very, I would say, concerning thing. You know what I mean? Like, not, I don't know. Go go ahead. You, well, you you'll you'll word it better than I will. Yeah, I think I think um, I don't know if it's cold. I don't know if it's when he tries to rush through his mechanics. Because uh, he does have a live arm, so he's got a little bit of a, a little bit. Of a I don't hitch. know. He's got a little bit of a hitch, which which most quarterbacks do, no problem. Uh, but it might be one of those things where if that timing is off a little bit, it starts to wobble out of his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something you kind of grow out of, or, or at least you hope to grow out of. I don't expect that kind of performance. I'm actually really high on Peyton Thorne. I think he's one of the bright spots of the team. It obviously. seems to happen when people are around your their feet, their quarterback's feet, and they're getting. 
happy feet, if you will. That's when their hands start, and it comes out weird. Sorry, Mike. No, no, I, I wanted to jump back. When, when you make mention of live live arm, what do you mean by that? For me, for a lot of the listeners, what do you mean, live like it, arm? It, like, it doesn't take a long for it to move 30 yards downfield, right? Uh, I would say the better way of explaining it is, like, when, you know, when a quarterback, especially when you're on the move, and your arm gets stuck in a spot like you're trying to run, but then you get stuck in your mechanics and the, and you just throw like a little duck. It doesn't go anywhere. Um, David Blau throws a lot of – doesn't. I would say does not have a live arm. Like it looks like he's a lot of effort trying to throw the ball down the field and the, the front end goes down like this and it just doesn't really go anywhere. It's the Got opposite. It. He's free. He can be moving to his left, moving to his right. No matter what, he'll always have enough zip on the ball where wherever he wants to throw it. Yep. So that's never a concern. Yeah, that makes sense. Like a, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, live arm, right? Like you can throw from any position. Mahomes, yep. live arm. I don't yep. know. Yeah, it's just got it. It's more Stafford. of a feeling. Stafford. Oh yeah, Stafford's, <laughs> Stafford's got, got one of the live arms. Uh, no, but I mean, when you can have a quarterback coming back who threw uh, twenty-seven touchdowns the year before, yeah, he had ten picks, but man. 27 touchdowns is, is a pretty good number. Yeah, it's not the 50 or whatever that these Heisman candidates do, but man, combine that with a good running game, like you got, you got a threat often. You got a very, very good offense. I think that would be the Michigan record. 27? It? No, I think it. It's close. It's either is 27 it? or 28. I think it's the all-time record for Michigan. Wow, I didn't know that. that that's season. that's interesting. Um, you got Noah Kim trending to be the number two, uh, but is being pushed by the true freshman four-star out of California, Caden. Hauser. So uh, that'll be something to keep an eye on. I don't think we'll ever see it. I don't think we're that worried about it. It'll just be if, I like Hauser in that if, one. If he has to, if, um, wow, Thorne has to set out a, a driver to or a player to, who, who they bring in will be um, interesting, something to keep an eye on. Um, th- obviously the big the big loss was, was Kenneth Walker. Running back room, you think, huge drop-off, but it seems like they, they just jumped into the transfer portal and got some big names. They got Jarek Broussard. Um, was terrific back out of Colorado in 2020 and, and did what he could um, in a rough situation in 2021. Then you got Jalen Ber- Berger or Berger, I don't know how you'd say that. Uh, super uh, recruit basically out of Wisconsin who didn't work out, but the talent is there. It feels like if someone's going to be a Kenneth Walker, that's the guy that that could jump in and do it because of how highly uh, recruited he was and, and all of that. Um, but, I mean, just a few good backs. They'll, they'll also be joined um, by uh, Harold Joyner, who is a transfer out of Auburn. Uh, Jordan Simmons, Elijah Collins, obviously complete the rotation, who, who've been there for a while. Um, wh- what do you think about the the, off- or the running back room? I think they're really deep. Yeah. I, th- I think they have a lot of options here. Are they? Are, are any one of them going to be Kenneth Walker? No, I don't expect that. And that's, that's a very unfair to even unfair to say that it's even possible. We didn't think you Kenneth I mean? Walker would be Kenneth Walker. Yeah, we I didn't knew, even know who he was, he was time be- last year. We knew he was going to be good, but like <laughs> to to expect somebody to be a Heisman candidate coming into a new team, uh, learning a new system, you, you just can't you can't rely on that year after year. So yeah. is this is this team going to be Kenneth Walker? No. Are they super good? Are they really deep? Yeah, I, I I'm a big it's, fan it, of this running back room. It's getting back to more what Michigan State's known for is a couple one a couple guys that are exploding on the scene and having a very good year, not a Heisman Trophy year. I mean, I don't know if they've ever had a Heisman Trophy winner or candidate at the running back room. I'm sure they have that I can't think of. But, like, this is back to what Michigan State's been doing, is having multiple guys that can do it, that can punch you in the mouth. It's this guy's drive. Now it's this guy's drive. If you have a couple guys that you can trust to do that, I mean, that's getting back to the the more Michigan State mantra, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, do you, would you rather have Kenneth Walker? Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a good thing it's to not have the option. This I think extra Jared, da- Jared Broussard is a is a watch out for him. He's going to be the Kenneth Walker type in this um, to potentially replace him. But even but even the guys that you mentioned, third and fourth, Jordan Simmons and Elijah Collins, we know they're good. Yeah, I, Elijah Collins led this team two years ago. We were expecting big things from him last year, or maybe the year before. I don't. I mean, know. He's been yeah, on the team for yeah. forever. Yeah, uh, Simmons has been a backup for four years at this point too so <laughs> again super deep i like it guys that you can trust to give the ball to um i don't know it, it's I, I think the biggest question for me when it comes to the running back room is did kenneth walker make that offensive line look better than they are and that's what i, I want to kind of get into next is the the offensive line who we know have have their struggles and all of that and the depth's not there either and it's just that's that's the one that's going to be curious because Kenneth Walker absolutely dominated games, no matter if the offensive line was doing their job or not. It seemed like, and that's where I wonder if these guys are going to be more or less like they need the offensive line to really kind of find that groove, get that push, and and kind of you know set the tone for on the on the ground here. Um, one of the biggest questions of the team is definitely the offensive line. Spartans have five or like five or six, I think, experienced players. They said um, in our call, I found. Uh, but the, but the second unit is is untested and unproven, and the returning group has been proven to be kind of vulnerable. I would say uh, Jarrett Horst at left tackle is coming back. Uh, you got J.D. Duplain. Is that his name? I'm so bad with names. I don't even know why I try. Yeah, keep trying. Nick Sam- Samick. I just can't. Somebody yeah, else both are right. Yeah, no, both are right. Yeah, go. And then Matt Couric, uh right tackle Spencer Brown, um, and then with Washington State transfer Brian Green. I got I got that one right. Uh, filling in at center guard, so I mean, it, it, I'm sure when you when you're a Spartan fan, you know these guys inside and out. You know, you, you're confident because you have returners. That's always so important when it comes to offensive line. You have a unit. That's something that you can truly build on. But I just feel like they were so vulnerable at times. I wouldn't be confident in it. But I mean, if you guys see something that I don't, I mean, tell me. I mean, I don't know what you guys think about the O line. I I don't think it's as big of concern as as I mean, are they going to be leading the nation and being great? No, I don't think this they're at any risk of winning an award for being an offensive line. But the team is old enough, they're experienced enough, and they are are at least proven enough to be a unit. And so the more you work with your unit, especially at this kind of an age in in college, like these are some of them are fifth and sixth year guys, so they're going to be big and strong for their age playing up against some young some young you know, quick talent and all that. But the more you stay in college, the better you are. So I don't, I think this, you know, we kind of touched on a little bit last week. They're only going to be better than they were last year, which isn't saying a whole lot, but it's less of a question mark than last year. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I mean, I don't think it's, I think it's a middling of the pack offensive line, which can pair pretty well. If you get a creative offense with a talented quarterback and a really good deep uh, running back room. Micah, anything? Nope. Nope. All right, moving on to the wide receiving room. John, how's your draft going over there? Not good. No? No. Is it, is it, did it auto-draft everything? You're trying to figure out how to restart? It auto-drafted me, yeah. For Just for you? Yeah. Even and though I, you were there? Yeah, I had the, the draft room open on the app, and then I also had like our draft settings open on a web browser, and I went back into the app, like closed the web browser, went back in the app, and it was, it said, yeah, I was watching the clock. It said 18 minutes left. I watched it go down. Phone's been on the charger. It said three minutes until draft time. I 
opened up the player queue and it picked uh the first three draft picks of the night already and like already picked for me oh. um jonathan taylor and then like cd lamb and then somebody else and it's just like what in the heck Dang. i left the draft room the fourth time came back in i was able to put players in the queue but Dang. i had already had like five draft picks no quarterbacks yet it's no quarterbacks like, you're like yeah. that's where you're gonna who could he who for number one overall josh allen i wanted herbert yeah like i would have picked either one of those two guys um so yeah i'm trying to figure it out let you guys uh take over yeah that's that really sucks um wide receiving room um look obviously replacing nailer um is someone that it's tough but when you start going over the names and you, you're bringing back a guy like Jaden Reed, who who is the the main piece and a true NFL talent, that's that's where you you can confidently say that this this offense or this this wide receiving room um, will will be just fine. Um, you also got Trey Mosley, who I think could have a he started coming on towards the end of the year and and really became a mismatch I think for a lot of the the, the teams that they were playing. Um, starting off with with I mean Jade, Jaden Reed. Uh, 10 touchdown receptions last season, as well as with over 1,000 uh, receiving yards on 59 receptions, all of which led the team in 2021. He also led the Big Ten and was tied for the foot, or college football lead with two punt returns for a touchdown and adding a rushing touchdown as well. Um, dude's, dude's a stud, and the combination of Thorne really to Reed is is definitely that's – a, that's a threat that teams need to be aware for. Now, Trey Mosley, redshirt junior – uh, was solid with 35 catches, three three for touchdowns, and 530 yards, which ranked third on the Spartans in all three categories. Um, like I said, kind of came on late, uh, but was a, was a mismatch. Physical guy that can just he'll he'll, he'll get his his um, his nose in there, and he'll take on a hit. He'll he'll deliver the punishment. So um, starting with those two guys, what, what do you, what do you think about the returners of, of this, this wide receiving room? I think, I think Jaden Reed is really a stud. He's a guy that gets open at will. And then that, that contested catch ability yeah. is really what leads this team. And it could really bail out Peyton Thorne in a lot of different tough Man, situations. And, and obviously I'm going to bring up the Michigan game. Obviously what Kenneth Walker did is that to Michigan with, with five touchdowns, that was the dagger, but there were so many clutch catches. There was a couple, I think Jaden Reed had one, uh, I, I think it was actually Trey Mosley had another one that was just massive um, plays for for Michigan State that that kept the game close when it looked like it could have got out of hand. Jaden Reed, man, that guy. I wish he was. I that's a guy that everybody wants. We we wanted team. to draft him. He was one of the when before he came, decided to come <laughs> yeah, back. We right? were talking about him being maybe a sleeper choice middle of the rounds for the wide or for uh, Lions to go target him and you know for a wide receiver. Yeah. He's tough. He yeah. also plays through stuff. And then I think Trey Mosley just really compliments him really well because of his speed, a little bit more of that dynamic or uh, what you would prototypical body for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So the combination of the shorter routes over the middle um, uh, for, for Reed and then the outside play of Trey Mosley. But I think Jaden Reed's also that outside guy too. So they, they are really good together. Yep. I, I don't. I don't think there's going to be any problem. And then, um, yeah, with new guys. I don't know if you want to go through those. Well, real quick, you got Foster, uh, who who's a junior. Coleman, who's a sophomore, and Terry Lockett Jr. are also three returning guys. Um, but the the new guys are are interesting. So you got uh, Germani or Jeremy, 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 Jeremy. I think Jeremy Bernard, uh, it, who was an early enrollee. He was a four star. Uh, that is, I've heard six foot, I've heard six two, but he's 200 pounds with playmaking abilities out of Nevada. 38th ranked wide receiver in the country. Could make an impact year one. 
it's what I'm hearing uh, heading into like through camp and stuff like that. People are really excited about him. You got Antonio Gates Jr. Uh, comes in with high expectations. Expectations, of course, he was the son of of all pro tight end Antonio Gates. So um, yeah. he he was ranked as a four star uh, recruit by twenty four seven Sports, and and you know could come in and make some plays. Um, Terrell Henry was ranked as a top twenty player in the state of Michigan. Uh, he's got some potential, some speed. Uh, to kind of fill that that nailer role, hopefully. Um, overall, it just seems like that they have when you have a, a go-to guy, and then guys that it, it's hard to say that they're going to complement him well. I think Mosley definitely does, and it's it's a it's a massive question mark to see who will be that guy that steps up. You got to have one at least one guy that'll step up and and be the number two. Yeah, and I'm it not seems worried like about you have, it at all. It seems like you have a bunch of guys that could be. The number twos, the number threes, but who's going to be that one that really starts separating himself as the number two? I think is important, and we'll we'll, we'll learn that pretty quick here. Yeah, and I think Jeremy Bernard. I think I think you know Tyrell Henry. I think a lot of these guys that um, could come in and, and make some immediate impact. All they need is one. All they need is one of them to make the impact, and then we can hold on to that young talent and, and groom them and make them you know let them develop and everything. But. This team is established enough. The wide receivers are established enough where uh, it's not a group that you look at with a bunch of question marks. They lost one guy that was injured a lot last year. They're they're all set. They're going to be good. Yeah. So overall thoughts on the offense. Obviously, the I would say their weak their weak link is the the offensive line that it's going to carry. It needs to carry a team. It can it can hold them back in big situations. Yeah. That's, that's something to watch out for. It, it, for. Yeah. I think that's a great way to say it. It can significantly hold them back, but if they are all, let's say, better than average in the Big Ten, look out for this offense because it could come together quickly. They're going to score points. Yeah. Yeah, and, this, this is a team that's going to move the ball. Their yeah. offense is going to be very difficult to game plan against, especially with a mobile quarterback who, who's got an arm to throw downfield. If Watch the, out. If the offensive line. He can move. That's an X factor. Then, yeah. then you start playing this zone type of thing and, and just you push your guy wherever you want and let your quarterback you know, do what he do what he does. So, I did want to get on, uh, get in on some defense here. Last season, uh, it was it was an odd one to say the least for for their defense. On one hand, they they led the Big Ten in sacks um, and was second in tackles for loss, but they were dead last in in college football um, in in, in pass defense. Um, I feel like when you don't have a when you can't stop somebody from throwing. And I think the Purdue game is the perfect example. Everybody knew they were going to throw the ball. They knew who they were going to throw it to, throw it to, and they could not be stopped. That set them back so hard, and it it kept them in. It kept games close that they probably shouldn't have kept close, and they escaped and and won close games. Which hats off, winning games. That's all you got to do. You don't have to apologize how you do it. Builds character. Yeah, but you're playing with fire. And can you do that back-to-back years? That's the tough part. They need to see significant improvement. Look, they're not going to – I'm going to – I would bet – I'm just going to go with the drinking out of a shoe thing because that's what we do. I'm not going to bet my house or anything. Uh-huh. I will almost guarantee you – I will guarantee you they will not be dead last in college football in past defenses here. I can only – they, they keep saying They can't almost, afford it. They can't afford it playing someone like Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, it – if you think really they're in the Big be, Ten in general, well, yeah. Even if you think you have this great idea of going on to the college football playoff, those teams will tear you apart 
in the first half, and you won't you won't be coming back anytime yeah. soon. You can't have that and and pretend it and and try to contend for a a conference championship in any league. No, let alone the Big Ten. Um, defensive line, despite losing uh, top pass rusher Jacob Panashuk and, and Drew Beasley, uh, Chris Bogle is coming in from Florida, uh, another transfer portal guy. Um, to go on the other side of the second leading sacker, Jeff Petrowski. Um, ends will be more than fine, uh, especially around fantastic rotation at tackle. I think that's really the biggest thing are their tackles. They got some big dudes there. Um, it sounds like they're deep there al- along with some high-end talent. Ryan, what do you think about the defensive line? Any concerns heading into the year, or is it? do you think the transfer portal kind of answered those questions for them? I think this is a defensive line that is going to um, manhandle lesser talent around them, especially with Jacob Slade. They're, they're a big group, just like they were last year. So this is not your prototypical defensive end speed guys that will just beat everybody around them. Like they're, they're going to engage with their blockers and try to win on either side. Um, they're going to have four up front. I think their their linebackers are always going to be talented. Cal Halloway is a beast as a linebacker. Jacob uh, or Jacoby Windham or Windman, um, he should be pretty good uh, as as a middle linebacker there. I know they lost Crouch. He was a little bit of an underachiever there uh, last year, even though he's a good good athlete out of Tennessee, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, I think this defense is going to be better than last year, just based on odds with with their secondary. Yeah, yeah. But what worries me, and and I use I always talk about like stuff I've talked about two years ago. But two years ago, Jamon Green got burned a lot from Michigan, and I know I'm bringing this up, but there's a difference with getting beat on plays with yards and, and receptions, and then there's a the difference of getting like legitimately beat, beat where, where physically and, yeah. you are unable to keep up or move around like you need to lateral quickness and, and so forth that was that was michigan state last year their corners were not equipped to win those battles on a play-by-play basis beat. so they yeah. were beat all the time yep. and so that that's tough as a safety like where are you supposed to cover where are you supposed to help you, you can't put anybody on an island and so th- that is where they they need to that's the biggest question mark that's what they need to hope they've uh you know resolved some of those issues this year yeah, I mean you brought you brought up the linebackers. I mean the Crouch one is, is I mean seventy five tackles I think is what I found. Yeah, he, I mean it's he, it, on paper it seems like a lot, but you have guys that are already ready to fill that. Yeah, that exactly. Need. He was a huge underachiever last year. Um, Halliday you brought up, big playmaker. He's he kind of came out of nowhere in a lot of ways, right? He's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean that that'll help the defensive line as well. Um, I think that's that's one thing that I think that they're gonna do is. They're going to win that battle on the inside, right, and allow those linebackers to just go and make plays. And that's what I mean. That's what they did last year at times, and and I think they're going to be ready to do that again. Yeah. Now, getting pressure on a quarterback is is another thing. I, I want to see it, um, but I mean, you can't say it can't happen. Yeah. And right? if they get pressure from the inside, watch out. That's what how Georgia beat everybody last year. Georgia did not beat anybody around the edges. They they manhandled them up front. They pushed the whole pocket back all together. Quarterbacks, that's tough. It's it's you're not taught how to get away from a a whole line that's moving backwards. Yeah, you're told to step up so the ends don't exactly get you when you yeah. can't do that. Um, no, I, I think it's gonna be a work in progress as a whole. The defense, it'll be when we see it, we'll know. It's kind of one of those things. It's kind of like Ohio State in a lot of ways. It's like, yeah, I mean, it can't get much worse. They they're gonna make they're gonna be better here. But why, other than it just can't get worse, that that's the hard part, right? And it's you want to see it. You want to see it against true talent. You're not gonna. We're not gonna 
walk away against Western Michigan on Saturday or Friday and be like, well, that answers my questions. But I think Washington, after the Washington game, you'll know because that's going to be other really good talent that you're going to see if they have what it takes on, on both sides of the trenches. I think it's going to become trenches. Yeah. Trenches are going to have to lead this team because you have playmakers elsewhere that, that are ready to make plays um, if given the chance. Yeah. I expect these games to be exciting. Yeah. I mean, we know that this this is going to be an exciting team. They're going to give up yards. The ball yeah. is going to move against them, and they're going to they're going to move against other teams. Yeah. I I think it could be a high scoring season just overall. For it'll Michigan be State. it'll be interesting because like w- with the way that they ran the ball last year, everybody would think, well, they controlled the clock and did this and did mm-hmm. that. They didn't really do that. They were a big strike team. It was ugly at times, then all of a sudden, boom, it would happen, and the defense was on the field quite a bit. For, for a team that ran the ball as well as they did, it'll be interesting to see if that if those big plays kind of limit it a little bit and actually help the defense a little bit more. You know what I mean? Stay off the field, let them go through the rotation a little bit better and, and, and kind of control it that way. What's your biggest question for the team, though? It's really going to be the play of the, of the defensive backs. Defensive and, backs. Yep, yeah. and if they can contain wide receivers, the other team's passing game. I think if, if they can trust two cornerbacks on this team their their line up front and their linebackers are going to take care of business against yeah. rush what do you think about amir speed the the transfer out of georgia so uh, he's in he's an improvement he's an improvement but i don't know enough he's I, what i'll be four honest. years of being a, a depth guy at georgia i don't know if he's yeah, going to come a in pretty and, good place to be a depth guy no i i agree but i mean who are their corners last year <laughs> like yeah, yeah, no, you know you're right. I mean? like, yeah, it's not like you know. It's not um, like Georgia dominated because their Kendrick, corners were. Shut, Kendrick was shut their down. their best corner at the time. It, well, really, the guy this year. And but their corners got exposed against Ohio State, <laughs> or sorry, not Ohio State, but Alabama. Yeah. At times, so yeah. I, I don't know. I I don't want to hate it on it, but it's like if that's who you're 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 considering to be mm, your your let savior, a guy, let a guy, that's, that's what I'm interested to see. Yeah, but we could have said the same thing about like a, a DJ Turner last year for for Michigan. If you have to rely on a guy that. It's completely unproven. What are you gonna? What do you have? It's like, well, you might have a good quarterback. I think we, we did know. say that heading into the year. <laughs> like that was a concern for Michigan last year. Yeah, right? I mean, heading stepped into up the to the plate. Yeah, I'm not saying. Yeah, I was okay. I was just asking what you know about him. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't trying to put words in your mouth or anything. Yeah, just, don't do that, man. <laughs> well, I went sideways quickly. Anyways. You want to fight? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not in the mood to fight. Yeah, my left shoulder uh, hurts. Get, get in some, some – oh, maybe I am. <laughs> no, you'd still kill me. Uh, get into some player stuff here. Who, who would you consider a breakout player for, for Mission State? I didn't oh, – do you see that I cut man. the list down a lot? I mean, you, you guys still yeah. didn't – Oh, did you I, have it? I, I only had three. that. That's good. I only had three player things to talk about here. Oh, breakout. I got a, got I got a breakout player. All right. I'm going to go with Jacoby Winman, out of UNLV, transferred here, linebacker. They're, they're going to expect a lot out of the linebackers. I mean, <clears throat> the way you look at the defense, what we were just talking about, <clears throat> they're going to try and use a lot more speed, and Jacoby's got a lot of speed. And I, I think what he's done so far at UNLV is going to translate well to what Mel Tucker's trying to do at Michigan State. So that's my – breakout player right? yeah i was going to go with the running back position so i i would consider that Jarek broussard or jalen berger burger um I, i'm going to go with broussard though because I, I think he's going to lead this team um if you look at stats 
and Jarrett was bringing this up last week, if you look at his stats and what he did in limited playing time, the stats stand out. And, and the physical ability can also stand out. So I think with this team, with the schemes that, that allowed Kenneth Walker to go nuts last year, will at least give put him in position to break out if the talent is there. So break out. Nice. Um, then who do you guys think will be the MVP for the Michigan State Spartans? I was going to say Jalen Berger. Yeah? Yep. I think Jaden Reed. Jaden yeah. Reed for me is is the key guy, and, and uh, Peyton Thorne is probably the most important player, but he can't do it without Jaden Reed. All right. So for the team, our expectations. I for, for setting the floor, I went with six and six, and I know that's kind of a hater mentality that some people might have, but let's just say losses with two Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State are, are reasonable um, when talking about a floor. Um, but when you also got at Washington, that's never easy. And then home against Minnesota, I think, could be very interesting. So, like, I'm not saying they're going to go 6-6. Six and six, six. I just I think that's a reasonable floor, and I don't think it's the worst thing ever. It's just it's definitely possible. And let's say you win one of those games, you still got to have that Sparty loss like Purdue was last year that they shouldn't have and, and kind of set themselves back. So, like, Remember, we're talking I, floor. I think that's a floor. <laughs> And there's, there's nothing wrong with that floor number. I mean, if you were to say like, hey, you know, like, uh, <clears throat> I guess it depends on your expectations. If you lose what, all your ranked games, basically, and then add one. Yeah, right. that's basically all you're saying. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're going with some silly like two and ten kind of thing, it's, I'd, a, I'd tough, call, it's I, a tough record well, or a tough I, tough schedule. I'd call you out, but six yeah. and six. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the floor. Okay, the floor. Yeah, for everyone listening. So you guys think that's fair? Six and six is a potential floor. Yeah, I think that's a good, that's a good floor. And then yeah. I, I, I put, I personally put their ceiling at, at ten and two. Um, look, it, it probably, it might actually, it could be better, but I'm just not ready to, to, to say that they're ready to beat Ohio State, and, and, it, I'm sorry, just one more loss outside of that, is very reasonable and should be expected in a lot of ways. It's a very, very tough schedule. I don't think this team's ready to truly contend for a Big Ten championship, even though they almost did last year. Um, I just I look at last year as the the ceiling, and and they they hit it. Everything went right. It was incredible what they did last year. This is a different team. This is a different conference. You have other teams. You have Wisconsin on the up. You like trying to get back. You have uh, a Minnesota team that's grasping at anything possible. You could go going to Washington. Like I'm just I just don't see how. You escape this schedule with only two losses, and if I if they do if they escape it with one loss, I will be the first to tell you I was completely wrong. But I hope that if they're six and six, and the haters are going to hate on that, if they're that, I hope you guys are doing the same thing for me. You know what I mean? We're talking yeah. ceiling and floor yeah. here. Yep. So, do you see a way that they have a higher ceiling than that, or is that a fair ceiling? No, I think it's a fair. That's ceiling. to the moon I if just... they do better than that, in my opinion. I think I think eleven and one is is the ceiling. I, th yeah. I think they this is I could see a realistic route for this team to take advantage of some some success early, get that confidence, especially at the quarterback position. I I'm under the the assumption that Peyton Thorne is a top tier Big Ten quarterback. I think that's his ceiling, and with that type of leadership on this team, again, watch out. This is a sneaky team that could get gain some confidence and win some games they shouldn't. When will you know? <laughs> After October eight, for me, yeah, for me, it's like three or four games into the season, and then I'll I feel like I know. So, um, so say they dominate the first four games, and then, or let's say five games, and then lose to Ohio State. Let's say they lose by thirty again. 
you'll know that they're really good or you'll know that they're really bad. Like, I guess, why why is that game the one that you'll know? It seems like it would be the week after. Like, how, how you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just yeah. my thought, but. No, it's it, for me, it's going to be the culmination plus playing Ohio State. You yeah. know, how, how they look against Washington at Washington, how they look against P.J. Flack. And I, I don't think Maryland's a rollover by any means. I don't think that's just a lock win. No, yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, so, but I think at that point you've seen real competition, Washington, no, Minnesota. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah, and then you'll you'll have an idea of how this team looks. I think they should go in, and I think they should beat Washington. But I think if they do it handily, and I, I think we're going to see a lot on that game. That game I think we're going to know, all right, does the Spartan team have what it takes, or are they going to be playing, trying to play upset, Cinderella team later on in the year. You know what I mean? Against teams that are looking to solidify their their playoff hopes or or huh. Big Ten championship if they, hopes. If right. they if they you go I mean? against Ohio State undefeated and they pull off that game, oh man, look out! Yep. They could go up against Wisconsin with way more confidence than they've you know <laughs> than they know oh what to gosh. do with. And, and then, then and oh. then Michigan game. Let's say they lose one of those next two. Sorry, they could run the rest of the season with one loss. So what's your guys' overall prediction? I'm, I'm going to start. I'm going to go with 7-5, and five, and I know it's going to sound like a hater, but I just look at the schedule, and it, it's tough. I'm, I'm, that's where I'm, I'm going to go. Um, I could see one more win. I could see one more loss, but that, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I'm going to put them at 9-3. and three. Yeah, that's exactly where I have them. 9-3? and three? They have yep. three really, really tough games with Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. They're always good for at least one of those upsets. And it, if if they pull off that upset, they'll probably lose one game they shouldn't mm-hmm. lose to, which could be Minnesota, Washington, uh, end of the year Penn State. But I think they're they're going to be favored in most of these games. All right. Well, that gets us to our schedule game, John. We're gonna, we're going to need you for this, man. Are you are you ready? I am just like. You're just not happy. I uh, yeah. I'm ready to I'm just sorry. chuck where, this phone into where, your. Where pool. did you Where did you draft? <laughs> what what draft slot? I had the second pick. Okay. Yeah. And you auto drafted who number one? Well, number first two. Pick, first pick. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, which oh. I'm cool with. Yeah. But then I tried getting in and out of the league, like the draft page, so that I could start like queuing players, and it wouldn't let me. And then it like auto drafted. Yeah. Um, CD Lamb, and then. Uh shoot, who else? I I forget. Like just not good players. Oh, Leonard Fournette and the, oh. yeah, like guys that I didn't want. Mark Andrews. I mean, he's alright, but like no QB. And then I look at what QBs are available, and like the best one that was available was like Justin Fields and Ooh. um I think uh Trey Lance probably. Yeah, Trey Lance, and then whoever Get Trey Lance, not Justin Fields. <laughs> well, yeah, at that point it was <laughs> it was just way too late. So unfortunately, I'm in like a weird mood right now. We're trying to start a draft on a different app and see if we can get like the league settings up and running because everybody like. Did you guys go to the sleep- sleeper app? We're trying, trying yeah. One. Like we're like everybody's committed to drafting tonight. Doesn't matter like how late now. And it's just like, <laughs> Dang. man, this is gonna be a long night. So yeah, well, at least you can stay and watch the hard knocks. Yeah, bear, gonna, bear with me. We're gonna at least we're gonna need your picks though for these Michigan State games. Can you can you be aware for that or or do you just want us to do this ourselves? So I just gotta look at the schedule. Tell that, us if it's a win or loss, basically. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you guys want music for this? Do we usually do music? We can do it. Can you get a, a coin top flip toss anything on your on your phone too? Sure. In case we're two and two, then we got to do a coin coin flip. <laughs> sure. That'd be great. All right. So you guys want to do you want to do music for this? Hello. Do it. All right. We're doing. You talking to me? What you talking John, about? John, we Wills? need we need a little volume there. Will that work for you guys? We can get that going. 
little college football here. All right, we're going to start off. This is Friday. Friday, guys. We made it. It is football season. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. My bank account doesn't, but it's fine. Uh -huh. uh, we're going to start out on Friday. We got hosting Western Michigan. I'm going to go with a win. Do you guys all agree with that? Win. win. All right. Win. Ac ah, Akron. That's a win. For everybody, right? Win. Yeah, win. Blow, all right. Blowout. Week three at Washington night game. John, what do you have, win or loss for Michigan State? I'm going to chalk up an L. Micah. Win. Ryan. Win. I had a loss, so we need a coin flip. We're going to do heads will always be wins, tails will always be losses. I just put win-loss down. That works, too. I didn't know you could do that on a coin. That's amazing. You just changed it yourself? That's just a wheel. Oh, win or loss? Oh, I see what you're doing. What is it? It's a win. Win. All right, 3-0 and oh for the Sparties. All right, they are hosting the Minnesota Golden Gophers. P.J. Fleck in his barbershop look that he's got going on. John, win or loss for the Spartans? At home. Gosh, I wish they had a game time on that one. Ooh, I didn't know what's up. Yeah, let's – um, Big Ten game. All right, they'll start the Big Ten season 1-0. Micah? Win. Ryan? Yeah, I got to win. I got to win as well. I, I, I was almost going to change it to a loss because – they officially got the win against Washington, but I'm not gonna. I can't do that, right? Um, next, you got at Maryland, coming off two pretty big games. They're two wins, right? They're four and zero at Maryland. Ryan, you start us off for this one. Uh, win here too, Micah. Win, John. Another win. We'll start two and zero. Yeah, me too. I hope they lose. It's coming out. I'm starting to get frustrated watching all these wins <laughs> on the board. I'm starting to think this is like gospel now already. Oh, this Watch isn't good. Out. I'm about to start getting fired up. All right, they are now 5-0, and heading into probably the now number one overall team, Ohio State That's a loss. Buckeyes. Micah says loss. Ryan. Yeah, loss here. John. I think it's going to be a clean sweep of losses, yep. I hope. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be the guy. Oh, actually, I was going to, but now I can't. You guys, I get, think they you could, guys are right there. But all right, next you go from Ohio State to hosting the Wisconsin Badgers. John, back-to-back -back losses here. Yes, sir. Chuck them up. I agree, Micah. No, going to that bye week a little beat up. Oh yeah, Micah. Uh, I'm gonna go win. They squeak out, you know, one of those famous like lucky Sparty games. <laughs> all right. Yeah. That was the Wins. nicest mean thing you've ever said about the Spartans. Hey, but they they do it every year. <laughs> Wisconsin's a weird team, right? They, I, we're going to learn a lot about, a lot about them. We don't yeah. know a lot, but win or loss. Such a weird year last year. I'm going to go with uh, this is going to be a win for State. All right. Coin it or wheel it, whatever you want to say. Let's see what the odds say. It's a win. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sam. <laughs> All right. They got a bye week then the Michigan game, which we will do later. You guys good with that? Yeah, sure. Fine with me. All right. Uh, next, they got the fighting a lot. Actually, we should just do the Michigan game. Yeah, let's do the Michigan let's game. Let's do the Michigan game. I got a <laughs> loss for Michigan State. John, loss for Michigan State, right? Three in a row. Yeah. Micah? Whoa. Yeah, it's going to be a loss, boys. Ryan, do your voice. Is this going to be a coin flip or what? No. Oh, no. It doesn't, you, your oh, vote doesn't matter what you say. Your oh, vote doesn't got it. matter. All right. But you're gonna say win just to like say that, no no loss loss yep. that's a sweep loss all right 
Illinois win, right? Win. Mike, John, is that a sweep? It's a sweep. Yeah. Rutgers win. Win. Win for me as Rutgers well. Rutgers win. Indiana, I'm going to go win. Win. John Ryan. Three in a row. What, Indiana? Wait, sorry, I'm distracted. Yeah, There's a skunk in my chicken coop. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. it's going after the chickens it's or the eggs? The, chickens. the eggs oh, or the chickens? No, the actual chickens. Oh, oh see it. They tear them apart. You, not, you don't care. <laughs> hey, what happens, happens. Nature, right? Nature. <laughs> Let it be. Circle of life. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oh, nine, wow. and two heading into Penn State. Will it be a night game? Will Penn State be important? I'm going to go with a loss for Michigan State here. At Penn State, never easy for anybody. Micah? That is exactly where I'm headed. Ryan? Yeah, loss. James Franklin is going to be playing for either his <laughs> job. He just got a new contract, right? I, I yeah, don't care. What no. John, would you, do you clean sweep that loss? Or do you think they beat Penn State? No, I think it's going to be a win for Michigan State. Wow. Cold weather game. they got to get one on the road. I think it's a big big one for Mel right. Tucker. Well, he'll, probably, he'll probably accept another job after that game's over. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Thanks, John. All right, so that is actually a loss still. Um, but that finishes their season at 9-3. and It's usually what happens when you lose your coach. Look at that. 9-3 and three is what the Spartans will get this year. You heard it here first on the State of My Sports podcast. Nope. <laughs> Time for draft time. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of My Sports. Please don't get him started on mock drafts. 125? Not bad. Still got a lot to talk about it's here. It's pretty rough. But yeah. I'm going to need your guys' help on this one. But we'll start with the Michigan season preview. John, don't forget to change the stream, too, though. I know you're drafting, but are you on the clock yet? We want to do at least one pick for you. Can we do one pick for you? Man, I wish you guys could have done my first one. I mean, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I, like I said, the clock said three minutes till draft, and I'd clicked over to the player list you know see who all is like there and look at the rankings again and then boom a bunch of the top ones were gone wow and then it had me auto drafted yeah it's frustrating Jonathan taylor super frustrating then i tried to fire up a league on espn and you can't update the league's settings until everybody joins oh now you got to get everybody to join yeah you got some time though sleeper man i'm telling you that's what we're trying to do right yeah. now yeah go through it but all right well, we're in our Michigan season preview. Uh, as we all know, Michigan had the season all Harbaugh lovers expected to eventually have, and all Harbaugh haters thought wasn't possible. They went 12-2 and overall after beating Iowa in the Big Ten championship game and losing in the playoff to the eventual national champions, Georgia Bulldogs. They went 8-1 and in conference, beating rivals OSU, Penn State, and Wisconsin along the way. They did, however, lose to their in-state rival, Michigan State. Uh, for a second straight year, and were completely outmatched in the playoff, losing 34-11 to to Georgia. It was also a strange offseason with Harbaugh testing the NFL waters uh, once again, but decided, allegedly, to come back, and, and I believe, um, and I believe got a new contract along the way. However, during all of that, Harbaugh lost his defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, to the NFL, and offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, for a lateral job to become the OC at Miami. Um, with that, they, they have Steve 
Klingscale and Jesse Minter as co-defensive coordinators and Sharon Moore being an, a co-offensive coordinator with Matt Weiss. So a lot of stuff going on for Michigan. Um, betting side of things, Michigan is plus 4,000, tied for 7th to win the national championship. Uh, second best odds to win the Big Ten at plus 650, I think I said. I have a typo on this one. OSU is minus 215. Um, their over-under wins are over nine and a half wins is minus one forty, and plus two or plus one twenty for under nine and a half wins. Big number there. And to say ten wins minus one forty, whew, man, that's that that's something you don't want to put money on. I'm not gonna lie, I just just do not touch something like that. Yeah. In my opinion, <laughs> that's Vegas, I mean that's pretty good uh, confidence in, in Michigan. It, it really Vegas. is. It really is. Some some. Key subtraction, starting with the three first-round talents um, on the defense side of the ball with number two overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson. Safety, Daxon Hill, he went he went 31 overall to the Bengals. And when David Ajabo got hurt, his stock kind of fell. Uh, he was selected in the second round by the Baltimore Ravens, but truly a first-round talent before the injury. Excuse me. Got emotional. Um, Got yeah. emotional over David. They also David lost uh, safety Brad Hawkins, linebacker Josh Ross, defensive tackle Chris Hinton, and cornerback Vincent Gray on the defensive side of the ball. Um, on the other side, uh, running back Hassan Haskins went fourth round, and offensive lineman Andrew Stuber, uh, seventh round pick, um, are obviously gone, but also lost Dalen Baldwin um, to graduation. So um, some key some key names. I think obviously the defensive side of the ball is where the the Wolverines lost their talent. Um, so, but we're, we're going to start with the offense and, and previewing the offense. And really, this is basically just a toss a grenade and and, and let it go and duck for cover. I mean, because we're going to start by talking quarterback, and and it starts with KJJ controversy. Everybody knows what's going on here. Um, but basically, where we're at. Um, I don't want to get into what they did last year. We'll, we'll talk here a little bit about that. I just want to talk about the decision of what Harbaugh has officially made. Cade McNamara is going to start game one on Saturday, and he has already decided that J.J. McCarthy will start game two. What do you guys think about that That method? Trying not to get into who we want to win or who should be quarterback, who shouldn't be quarterback, that method. Are you concerned about that at all? <laughs> Uh, partially, <laughs> but I guess it depends on what side of the ball you're on, right? No, I don't. If you're I, don't on, no, it, it, I don't. You don't have any problem. You, I don't want it to be about who what side of the no what I, side of the coin we're on here. I know. I, I'm not telling you I'm on team so and so or whatnot, but there's going to be people that look at it with two different two different sight glasses, really. But I I don't like it honestly. No. I, I don't like the whole why why not keep it to yourself. That JJ is going to start game two. Why? Why? Why go out and tell someone? Because these things he said in his press conference that these things tend to get out. That's the reason he he gave the entire depth which he chart. has never done. Yeah, he's never given a depth they, chart. They released yeah. the whole depth chart to the media ahead of time, and, and that weird. was one of the questions. Like, why did you do this? He's like, eh, this stuff gets out anyways. We wanted to control this. This is we were very honest with our players. We're going to be honest with. We're just trying something new, and, and I think it's it's interesting quarterback situation if they can't figure out who's the better man for the job and the 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 starter from last year was the one who won the big 10 championship and went to the nash or went to the the playoff it says that they truly do believe in both guys 
They believe in the talent of JJ. They believe in the leadership and talent of Cade. And, and I don't know. I, I, I'm also not one of those guys that believes if you have two, it means you have none. But I, I agree in, with that. I, I hate when people say that, especially in college. It's different in pro, but when you have that in college, it's, it's, it's bullcrap. What an awkward position, though, because he just named Cade as one of the captains. For he the didn't team. name no the no, team voted the team him did. captain. Oh the team. Okay, excuse me. Unanimously. I'm sorry. Okay. So the team voted him team captain, one of, right? And then Jim decides he's gonna take one of his starts away, no matter what. Hey, thanks for playing for us last year. You're getting the start game one. Sorry. JJ's getting the start game two. Things get kind of weird. Like doesn't that situation kind of speak for itself? Like, hey, we really don't believe in Cade 100% going out from here. It's that J.J. might be that much better, and we're looking to... Well, I think you kind of asked two different questions there. Do they believe in Cade? Yeah, I do think they believe in Cade. They obviously believe in Cade of what he did last year. It's impossible not to. He led their offense perfectly. He did exactly what they asked him to do. They ran the ball first. Like, he... The, he did nothing wrong to lose his job. They trust that he can go out there and do exactly what he did last year. But does that necessarily mean that they don't think J.J.'s pressing him for that job? And I think that's where I like the honesty about it is, no, J.J. is the one that's getting closer to Cade's level, is pushing Cade, and when he passes him, we're ready to give that to him. It, that's that's the way I look at it. Now, I understand all of the, is it fair to Cade, is it like. I, I'm I get very uncomfortable with all of this conversation. I, I I don't know where I stand from a team standpoint, and and trying to like look at it as how I would if I were on the team, and how I would look at it as a fan, and how I would look at it as as these two guys. It's a very very tough situation, and I I, I don't know the right decision. But one thing that I love, sorry, I, I know you want to jump in. One thing that I really like about it is, if it's that close of a race, and you're gonna give it to the guy that did there or been there done that last year proven that he can but then not just let him keep that job and what they have now is a first half let's just say let's assume Michigan does what they're supposed to do against the these two teams and at halftime they're switching well instead of Cade going in and handing the ball off and playing respect respectfully against scrubs and with the second team offense as a whole instead he's going to get game two to be this starter with the first team to run up that score and and do exactly what Cade gets the opportunity to do in that first game that aspect I love it and what it also does is it gives them 15 more practices to decide because they're going to learn more in practice than they are in these two games outside of what the fans think like we're going to sit and watch these games and feel like we're learning something about these two guys they're actually learning something in practice in the way that these team these guys are both running the team it gives you 15 more practices or 15 or more probably i guess from here till with, then with, with games with games you have all of that time to then make a decision i get the transfer portal thing like well make hold these guys hostage and stuff and it's uncomfortable and all that stuff but you got to do what's best for your team. And the best thing that's for Michigan is to keep both these guys here. That's the, that's the best thing. And they can make their own decision. If they want to middle finger the program and walk out because they're unhappy with the way Harbaugh's doing it, they have the ability to. They could they could have done it last year. They could have done it in the offseason. They could do it now. They can do that. I don't care about these guys' feelings. Put the guy best guy out there. That's what I want to see eventually. He also – he let's not – understate the, what Harbaugh said to himself. He believes these guys are not 
uh, candidates to just go transfer when things get tough. He believes in the character of both of these guys. When he was comparing their leadership ability, you have a team captain and a true sophomore. And when he was comparing their leadership ability and command of the team, he said they were they were equals. So he's not discounting what JJ brings to this team. He believes JJ's what he does. JJ's a leader too. He is a leader, and, and that's exactly what I'm what I'm talking about. If JJ was young with a lot of talent, but didn't have the character traits that they were looking for in a starting quarterback. This would not be a question. Kid nope. would be that's the starter. A, that's a good point. He believes in both of them. He truly does, and I think they are wrestling with this decision. Clearly, they are because this is the result that you get. Yeah. So I agree with you. You get you get two weeks worth of. Two weeks worth of additional practices, but also I think what you do on the field does matter because that's where the true execution, when the pressure's on the line, that's when that execution matters most. Okay. And if and if a, a guy like JJ can go out and do what he does best and execute the small things that they're expecting and then bring the playmaking ability, running ability, and some of the, the dominant traits that he has in college football, watch out. I, I, this could be a Trevor Lawrence type of change where they're not they're not that year that trevor lawrence took over clemson was playing for something more than just being a conference champion Mm -hmm. they were playing for something long term and and going after some sort of national championship or or at least aspire in a a, you know final that would be the goal in michigan if they if they truly believe that getting how to get to the final four again and then uh, aspire for national championship status if jj gives them that opportunity i think they're going to go that route but we saw ball issues ball security issues last year which they say he got over we had injury concerns during the summer with his shoulder and everything that he's hopefully over he's he's letting the play on the field determine who the 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 right course of action here and i'm all for that and as michigan fans that's what we should want throw the feelings aside if you're gonna feel bad for a guy like Cade because he loses his job to a guy like jj get out of here we don't want you as a as a fan because we are what we did last year is the absolute ceiling that we've seen in our lifetime other than 97 and that really before that it was what early 60s or or mid 60s when, when they won the national championship before that it's like one title in like 80 years or something. I, I don't know the exact, but it's like, do you want to go to that next level? Well, these are the tough decisions that need to be made. And will they make it? I, I don't I don't know. I'm just saying like... Cade could be the guy for the job. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. if you want more, like you've been demanding the last five years under Harbaugh, this is the stuff that you need to be okay with. Whether you think Cade deserves the job or not, and I'm not, again, I'm not taking a side of who should and who shouldn't get the job. The best guy should get the job. And I'm going to trust that this Harbaugh, finally Harbaugh is going to make that decision. This will be the first time, if he actually makes a decision, that he, that we believe that he put the best quarterback out there and he's he's throwing feelings aside. He's, He's not putting any of that in there. And that's probably unfair. I think in the moment that was how we felt, but I think as we've seen things unfold with these guys suck even though it's like the next guy and then he sucked and then the next guy and he sucked and now all these guys are out of college football now maybe <laughs> that's a little unfair to assume that he didn't put the best guy out there you know what i mean kind of going back here and just but no no, no. yeah right yeah it's like maybe they just didn't have much. maybe they didn't have that we, and maybe we, we have two legit and now, guys now and now that that's what's happening and that's what it, it looks like they're giving jj their final chance to take this job from kate this exactly. is his, this is it and and what we're gonna get? And it's in week, not a bad thing. It's or, a great thing. Or the opposite, where he's giving Cade one final to to win it it's and keep to it. establish this job and say, no, this is my team, my role, my responsibility. I, I, I tell you it. what, 
take the Probably over, both. take the over, and take Michigan's points in both of these games because both these quarterbacks are going to be looking to pump up the score in that first half. <laughs> Every yeah. chance they get, both these guys, and I hope it's a clean competition. I hope they like each other. I hope they get along good, and I hope that they're ready to push each other because, man, this offense, th- these quarterbacks are going to be looking to to okay. make plays. Here, here, Here's a good question, interesting question. So if they blow up both these teams in the first half, who comes in the second half? I, that's a great question. Like, does JJ take over the second half? I don't think so. I or think are it'll we talking be, third string? I think it'll be fourth. like third string, right? Okay. I, I, a good chance, yeah. I don't know. I just wondered. <laughs> I, I, I'm. I think I think they'll give JJ a run, at least a a, um, a series or in the, maybe like the two. first. Yeah, and then the probably Cade. no, 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 no. I think it's Cade's half. Well, I, I mean, it's sorry, Cade's I meant half. in the first game. Like, yeah, yeah, yep. So and say then, they're up thirty to nothing in, at halftime. You move into the second. String maybe they'll give JJ a, a drive or two and then yes. quickly bring in the third yeah string. but but he would be in there with the number twos yeah. and the whole point of this is so that both quarterbacks get get an opportunity to work with the ones and yes. see how that yep. chemistry is so that, yeah that's important I, I like that the other the other thing here is the reason this is a challenging decision is not like let's just say that that Cade McNamara was a senior this year he had one year left I think the obvious choice is to let Cade play out his career and then have JJ step in and try to be a, and JJ a Heisman is probably candidate the good next with that. Yeah. But a- it, that's absolutely. not the case. It's not the case. They both have because of COVID and everything weird happening there, they both have 3 years of eligibility yeah, left. Yeah, you were right about that. I, I remember talking in the car on the way to the burning foot. Yeah. And I thought you were wrong about 3 years, but you're right. Yeah, he's got this year and two more Cade talking. Yeah. Cade was like a a fourth a third year freshman last year. They've both got 3. I actually got a a sheet of all the eligibility of the starters. He, he was a super yep. sophomore. I think that's the way they're, they're Is that saying what it. Was? It. Yeah. Right. So then he still has three more years of eligibility, which matches JJ's eligibility. So this is not a decision that that. Um, <laughs> let's throw a scenario out there. JJ wins the job, and he goes nuts, and he turns into a pro prospect. <laughs> He could get drafted his first year being eligible to be drafted. He could get drafted not this year but next, next year, year, I believe. And then Kate could still have and then Kate could still have another year of eligibility to, as a super senior. <laughs> but I don't know if he. I mean, he's going to graduate after this year. Well, if he just goes into graduate school and he yeah. can stay here as long as he wants, yeah. I, I'm just throwing a weird scenario out there. It's like, you know, this, there's not a good answer except yeah. for let the best man win competition. Uh, and, and that's what iron sharpen iron. That's what every fan <laughs> should want is the best player win the job. That and that's what that's what I want to see. Yeah. Um getting into the O line here, uh the addition of oh, another name. Go for it. Olu. <laughs> nope, I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> oh oh from Virginia <laughs> at center. What's his what's his uh nickname? Is are people calling him Oli? Ali? Olu? I don't know. You're gonna have to ask JJ. All right. <laughs> oh, 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 you think JJ knows better than Kate? I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, at center, at center, uh, settles the front five, uh, helped by All Big Ten guard Zach Zinter, is back along with left tackle Ryan Hayes. They bullied teams last year, bullied Big Ten teams, and and they may have gotten better overall in a lot of ways. I think this 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 tackle from or sorry, uh, center from from Virginia sounds like the real deal from everything I've read about him. It sounds like he could come in and be the best center in big 10, which I don't know the depth chart or like everybody's center. He, he was like, an all American. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> solid. He was an all American last year. Uh, they're actually, you know, 
by all reports, he's an upgrade from last year's center. Uh, our right tackle, I know Stuber was a big deal last year. He did a really good yeah, job. He, yeah, he was good. Mm-hmm. But he also was a little bit um, maybe slow. So th- so we're actually considered, I'm, I forget the name and right tackle too, but it's a new guy that just won the job, and we should Trent actually. Trente Jones. Yeah, Trente Jones actually could be an upgrade over Stuber as well. So I'm not going to go out on a limb and, and say that this, they're guaranteed to be better. Up. I think if they're worse, they're just a hair worse. If they're better, they're just a little bit better. And this team, this this is the strength of the this team. This is the so. strength of the team. Yep. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, then you look at the running back room uh, behind a good offensive line and, and potentially a good uh, passing game. You know, when you look at Haskins' numbers, he had 1,300 yards and 20 touchdowns. That That's pretty comparable to what, I mean, Kenneth Walker did in a lot of ways. I think Kenneth Walker had two less touchdowns but 300 more yards. Yeah. Which... Yeah, seems like a lot, but at the same time, those are really good numbers, what he did. But you do bring back Blake Corum, who almost had 1,000 yards rushing himself and an additional 140 yards receiving. I thought that was going to be higher when I when I started pulling these numbers. And 14 total touchdowns. Also with true sophomore Donovan Edwards, who shined with the few touches he got. Yeah, um, 140 yards in one, one game <laughs> last insane. year. Receiving. Um, you don't want to underestimate what Haskins did, because especially getting a, a, another running back drafted, finally a running back drafted, a, a skill position drafted from Michigan into the NFL. That's a huge step up in a lot of ways. It doesn't happen very often. And now that it's starting to, it's exciting. And I don't want to underestimate what Hassans did, but this running back room, there was a lot of people that liked Corum better than Haskins. And there's a lot of people that liked Edwards better than Corum. And, like, like, it's not a step down. And when your core offensive line is still there and maybe even a little more of a better wrinkle with, with Edwards with the potential of, of catching the ball to the backfield. Um, that's something that I think Haskins did probably well, but it didn't show. Like, they didn't show it a ton. So what do you think about the running back room? It it's, it seems like another one of those things, like you just said, Ryan, with the offensive line. If if it's at worst, if, if anything, it's a little little worse, and if anything, it's a little better, right? Is that is that a fair way to look at it? I mean, do you guys agree, or do you think it's better? I think it got better. Yeah? I mean, no, And these are the two. It, There's probably more that I'm, I'm missing Hassan. here. Nothing against Hassan. I mean, completely different completely different running back room the way it looks this year, but you have a much higher ceiling with these two back there. I mean, that, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, we, we've seen what Look, we Donovan could see. Edwards was a five-star, right? I right. mean, that guy, he came in legit. He looked the part. Still that's looks a, the part. Yeah. I mean, his, <laughs> his ceiling is so high, it's ridiculous. I mean, he's... Watching playing bags, and he's just yeah. jacked out there. <laughs> Classic story. <laughs> he no. hit the hole every time. <laughs> No, there, there, there is so much talent to go around in that running back room, especially with Corum and Edwards. I mean, Edwards is so – he's so dynamic. He's so versatile at what he does, what he can do. And Blake Corum is going to be dynamite. He's going to have a huge year. That dude looked so good when he was healthy. I was going to say he, dynamic. That's the word for both of them. For this both room them. is going to be different. Where, I mean, Haskins was didn't have that dynamic – feel at least I think there were times he was slipperier than I think people give him credit for better runner than people gave him credit for yes but that would be the word that people probably wouldn't use when they were talking about him heading into the year that's the that's the words we used we, we've been talking about Haskins for three years we like he was always and, the best thing that he did is he established himself in this running game as a dominant part of Michigan football again and then let the young guys develop under him yeah. and, and he established the route now these guys will take over do exactly what he did, but the difference is the dynamic opportunities that these guys 
both have in the receiving side. Mm-hmm. I know I, I heard I've heard on Sports Talk Radio that Corum's the the runner and and uh, um, Edwards Edwards is going to be the receiving back. I'm like that is the could be the complete opposite. Yeah, they really I, should be switched. I agree with the, that. The point is both are din- dynamic running the ball and both are dynamic catching, catching the ball. The they ball. can both wide uh, be the the wide receiver. Like these guys are going to be on the field together. You think a they lot. will? I, I absolutely think they will be. All right, no, and that's something that we didn't see a whole lot. I mean, a few times, but we'll see a lot more this year, based on what you guys said. Um, I did want to talk about the wide receivers and then touch the tight end on on really the tight ends. I'll just get the tight end stuff out of the way. You got Eric All and, and Shoemaker coming back. They're returning. That is massive in the Big Ten. That is massive for this team. Two reliable tight ends that can block, that can catch, and make plays. I, That's all I got to say. And, and, and it's a safety net. They got a freshman coming. That Dude, that, so, yeah, I, don't, I didn't pull up. I didn't get too in-depth of the tight ends. But let's talk about the, the, the wide receivers. I would say very deep. With I mean, with Ronnie Bell coming back um, from injury and young players, you hope to see us take a step up. You got Cornelius Johnson, Andrew Anthony, Roman Wilson, A.J. Henning, um, Sanders Field. That was so that one really confused me. Now tell me a little bit about Sanders Field. Kind of going to take a detour here. Is he playing corner now, or who, who is it that's playing corner now? Yeah, he he's playing corner now. I mean, the <laughs> look what you just mentioned. It got far too crowded, and that the talent level at the first five five guys you mentioned is yeah. just it's too far. It's too far. So he he made he made the switch to cornerback and. That's where he's sitting right now. I don't know where he is on the depth chart currently, but he had to make the switch. Yeah, it just seems like a, a very deep core, and then a couple guys that needed to uh, similar to what um, I think Ronnie Bell's the he's the go to guy. Like people forget he was going into last year being ready to pump up and, and get into that top three high end draft pick next year. He got hurt. I think it was against Western Michigan, and I mean. Week one, week one, can't, it, had the sick one-handed catch. Oh my too. gosh! He and took then one he to had the, the house. The, the punt return, I think that is what he got hurt on, but it was a sick return too. If I yeah. remember, yeah. I mean, the dude is dynamic, and he's he's your Jaden Reed going to Michigan State. He's that guy. He's your going to be your number one, no question. Who's going to take that step up? That's what I want to know. Who, who how? Like, I could read these names, and you guys talk about how highly recruited they are. You need a mix. Of wide receivers, you need to have the body, you need to have the speed, you need to have the slot guy, mm-hmm. like all those things. How do these guys mix together? Is what I don't know because I don't really remember sitting and watching Michigan last year and being like, "Oh, that's our guy that does this. That's our guy that does that." It's just it just seemed like a bunch of the same guys trying to do the same thing. You know what I mean? And and I look at the game completely wrong than most people. I that's one. Yeah, I don't. I need to get it. Go ahead. Ron, well, Ronnie, well, Ronnie Bell's legit receiver. number one. He's yep. going to be a legit number one, and what he what I think is the best thing is that that's his role. That's going to free up Cornelius Johnson to be better. That's going to free up Andrell Anthony to be what he would would normally be in a number two or three option. It's it's going to take away the need to always have a small guy in the slot, and then you have three bigger wide receivers uh, moving around, or throw multiple slot guys out there and then just have them run around like crazy. I think Ronnie Bell is the perfect addition the exact thing that we were missing last year the frustration last year was that Cornelius Johnson we all see the talent there but it, but it's not a dominant type of style wide receiver he needs some help and so he's he's a great guy to be a number two but he needs number one and and Andrew Anthony could could take over as the, a dynamic one or two type of guy too but but again Ronnie Bell this year takes that pressure off 
right. he can fulfill that role right away. He's a team captain. Um, I'm, I'm pumped about getting him back. He's the perfect style. He really led the our team in catches like three or four years ago when we had several, uh, you know, NFL-type wide receivers on the team. He was still the go-to then. And A.J. Henning, you're going to see more Debo-style kind of things out of him. Okay. Uh, I said Debo-style. Debo Samuel-style. So you're going to see – you're gonna, Okay. Harry <laughs> Styles? Uh, Ooh, type so he's going to be, right. you know, kind of like your, your Swiss Army knife where they're going to use him a lot of jet sweeps in the slot. Okay. On the outside also with Roman Wilson. Roman Wilson being another deep threat type yeah. guy. He's yeah. just lanky. He's Effortless. got good hands. Um, that's kind of where those two kind of fall. So offense as as a as a whole, I think outside of the the quarterback drama, I don't think anyone really questions what this offense can do. They can they were they quietly had I think it was the most explosive offense in, in college football last year with just big plays. You know what I mean? I think they had the most fifty yard plays and big the most plays. sixty yard plays, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and it seems like they only got better, um, and and that's that's really exciting to see. Um, and it's it. It doesn't feel as explosive as you know everybody's thinking Ohio State's going to be. It doesn't seem like the the hard nosed running game that I think people think Wisconsin can be, but it seems like they have a really good mix of both and might be better at both. I'm also looking at some of these games here. They're not facing the top top end type of defenses that you would expect to see Michigan schedule normally. The schedules they are yeah. going to run up some scores. I'm expecting big time offensive numbers this year. Yeah, and right. it's, I expect records to fall this yeah. year. Yeah, no, that, that's exciting. It, it'll be it'll be fun to see. It, like they're going to be up there with with some of the best offenses in in college no football doubt. with stats and not just not just throwing up points but just being efficient too like they're they're going to be very well balanced balanced better the probably the best balanced offense in college we with still wondering how Ohio State is going to be I'm interested to see Ohio State they might be able to run the ball pretty well but they got to they got to improve from last year in my opinion yeah Yeah, <laughs> when you got an amazing quarterback, let's just go at like Alabama, and you have you're gonna have a great running back. They're gonna be balanced. I'm not worried about those offenses down south. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the defense. Obviously, the defensive line. You lost a job. Oh, you lost Hutchinson. I'm really gonna rely on you guys heavily for this this conversation here. Um, who, who's filling those needs? Those need obviously the 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 defensive. I mean, well, you lost Hinton as well, who was a defensive tackle that 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 was solid. How how is this defensive line going to look? You got to win in the yeah, trenches. I, I want to start off with Mozzie Smith. So okay. I just want to give a little shout out here, Mozzie Smith, who started as a role player last year. We were high on him. We we talked about Mozzie Smith a lot in the podcast when when other people were not talking. Which about him. I'm, I, I, you weren't here for when we talked about him a couple weeks ago, were you? Oh no, we did, oh we was yeah, there a report? Yeah, well he got he was number one on freak. Okay, that's what one. I was going to bring up. No, yeah. go for it. Yeah. No, do it again. No, well, tell, yeah, tell he, so he brought him. up he he was um. I, I forget the name. Pete Prisco, Bruce, maybe Bruce Feldman. Bruce Feldman. Bruce Feldman's freak list, which which he's gained a lot of respect in in mm-hmm. you know recent years and everything about being right on because these guys end up being pro prospects the majority of the time because uh, they test really well. The freak list is all about your athletic ability. It's going to combination of size, strength, speed, um, just raw athletic talent and ability. Mozzie Smith was number one on this year's freak list. Which to me Which comes one, at a surprise. Yeah. Like I see it, I understand. I've been a big fan of him for a long time, 
but I think what we're going to see is a difference in strength overall okay. mixed with some speed that we've already seen. So if if he can keep that combination, and he's worked through injuries a lot in recent years, if he can be healthy, create that, that power-to-speed combination and put that on the field, watch out because that's the inside presence that we absolutely have always been needing and looking for in this defensive line since you know probably four years ago. I mean... We lost Hinton, but he was an undersized interior defensive yeah. guy that didn't uh, rush the quarterback. Yep, and, so and if I don't the think NFL doesn't, doesn't didn't think he was valuable, that valuable at least. Um, what about the edges? What what are we looking at edges here? I, I think that's that's a huge loss. <laughs> it's definitely a loss. This is well, the yeah. biggest question. I don't think they're going to be as bad as some people expect them to be. Yep. If you look at David Ajabo going into last year, he was he was not somebody that anybody expected to be a first-round talent. Nobody was thinking that he was going to go out there and get double-digit sacks, and yet he went out and worked worked hard, learned from Aiden Hutchinson what it takes to be a great edge rusher, did what it took, obviously had natural ability, and you're going to see it with, with guys like, I don't know, maybe a sneaker like Derek, Derek Moore. <laughs> Who do you got, Micah? Maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Mike Morris for sure. Mike Morris is going to be a staple uh, as an edge defender, and you got Taylor Upshaw and Jalen Harrell as well. I like Harrell a lot. Jalen Harrell made a lot of key plays. Uh, he blew a lot of people up coming around the edge, and it, you know you got to give some credit to that interior defensive line. And you know, also on the ends, you're going to have Chris Jenkins and Mason Graham, and th- those guys have been creating a lot of noise um, at camp and. For that reason, I think that's where you're going to see um, kind of the cohesion of the edge guys and your defensive ends working together through that through the interior, through the edge, and doing what they need to do and make plays, create stops, and get to that quarterback. Yeah, but you, you mentioned him, Mason Graham. He's a true freshman, and he, watch out. This guy might end up being a starter interior defensive lineman with, uh, with Mozzie Smith. Smith. It could happen sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. He's been really impressive. And if they, they can kind of maybe go in more towards the pressure from the inside that they got beat on against Georgia rather than the outside, maybe switch it up in that way. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, what about the linebackers? How does the linebacking core look? Obviously lost Josh Ross, who was kind of the, the leader in, in a lot of ways on, in that, that outside of oh, Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, he was the quarterback of, of that, that defense. He had Aiden doing his thing, but – Ross was was the leader there in the, in a lot of ways. How how do we replace that? Do we have anybody that that we're we're excited about? <laughs> Junior Colson, baby. Junior Colson, yeah. yeah. Okay, all day long. There uh, there there is no is he, other is man for that job. That, Junior, I think right now, I think he's right in line with where Josh Ross was last year. Okay, and I think again he's another player where I think his ceiling is a lot higher than Josh Ross. You know, I, I I had a lot more hopes for Josh Ross, and I am ha- I'm having that same tor- same sort of feeling for uh, Junior Colson. I think Colson's going to do bigger and better things. Then Vincent Gray, he left at corner. Uh, oh my gosh, Daxon Hill gone with the safety slash corner thing. How do we feel that need? Our safeties are legit. That, are they? I, yeah, I, I'm not worried about our safeties. Uh, Dax Hill didn't play the role of safety last yeah, year. Yeah, it was more corner. and It was and corner and maybe a little floater. bit more freedom to float. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm not worried about that. We have we have Rod Moore, who stepped up big time as a freshman last year. We have um, 
Mikey, go ahead and say some names. <laughs> He's got the names. I know. <laughs> we got Makari Page, yeah. RJ Moten. Okay. So um, RJ RJ Moten was a starter last year. They are loving everything that I've heard. They're loving what he's bringing and his intensity and everything. But Makari Page has been one of the biggest risers through the offseason. What he's yeah. done physically with his body and gaining some muscle. He's always had the speed. Um, he pops on the screen. He always has, especially with RJ Moten too. All three of these these safeties, uh, it seems like they they fully trust all three of them. And, and it sounded like Harbo was actually saying in different packages he considers all three starters at this point. I mean that that's really good to hear. What what are your what do you expect to see? Obviously, to say that they they're going to take a step back from what they did last year. They they dominated these this the games in in crucial crucial moments. I think that's the biggest thing. It wasn't necessarily they just put up a bunch of stats. It was. When they needed a play, the defense seemed to be the ones that made it. Can we expect that? What, what kind of what kind of step back can we see, or do you expect to see? You're I'm curious on your your answer here because okay. you're framing this question in an interesting way. I I don't think you're going to have these <laughs> these two edge guys like a Hutchinson and an Ajabo that are that effective. It's going to be. It's going to be an eleven starter uh, effort, is what it's going to be. Yeah, so, I, they could yeah. lead the Big Ten in sacks, but not with two guys, not with just the two guys. Do on you the ends. do you think we let the TV broadcast manipulate the way we watched this defense last year, and they're actually deeper and better all around, but? Everything we heard was aid in this, a job of that, aid in this, a job of that, where it just kind of like went as soon as that's all we're hearing, that starts what we see. Is, is that fair? And this defense overall is better than what we, we actually saw last year? Well, I think they're a year older. And again, college football is so important with age. Ages, if, yeah. you, if you get more time under your belt, and we played a lot with, with freshmen last year. And so that, that experience that they got at a championship level is extremely valuable so those guys like rod moore coming back as a as a second year player that's huge like you just yeah. don't get that type of experience um normally you'd only get that at like an alabama or, or ohio state but those freshmen don't play mm. so he was on the field playing getting that experience um i think this team could dominate in a different way i think it could be kind of like a no fly zone in a way dj turner rated out as the best college uh cover quarterback in all of college football last year um javon green i think is a huge asset he, to this team. He came back. That's and, important. Yeah, and he—he's the guy that you were talking about. That was like, he got beat, but he actually wasn't getting beat. He, he only was just like to turn his head. Yeah, he was right, like Akuda right. when Akuda looks bad. Like everybody's like, oh, Akuda gets beat again. Well, he actually had him beat. It was just a great throw, great catch. Yeah, and he didn't get his head around and did his cap hand sometime. right here. Yeah, right. yeah. Jamal Green doesn't get beat uh, physically. He doesn't get yeah. beat down the field. He's athletically equal to all of the wide receivers he plays against and and here and there he just doesn't see the the ball he's now an experienced cornerback that's been there done that and i think it's going to be super valuable for this team and the mike sanders still is the starting slot cornerback okay and slot. that's where he came into this in, into college football he's record, as recruited as a corner Interesting. So I think okay. he's actually going to have a lot of fun with this. So would you oh, say yeah. the biggest question is the new defensive coordinator and how that transition is going to work? Or coordinators, I should say, rather than the talent and the players? Okay, there, there, there's definitely some legitimate question and concern with it. 
But when you have Steve Klinkscale that's been there for the last two, three years, there's going to be some cohesion with the kids that have been on the team between him and Jesse Menner, the the new DC. I, I don't I don't have as much worry as I think some other fans do, but I, I'm I'm not just I'm not going to be so uh, blind to the fact that, you know like oh we're just gonna you know pick up where we left off last year. Yeah. I don't think that's the case for me. There, there may be a slight step back, but I, I don't worry about Jesse Minter coming in and really turning things upside down. I don't see that happening. All right. Um, I don't think this defense is going to take a, a step back. I really don't. I think they it will just do it differently. It's going to look different. Yeah. Um, I'm not downplaying the importance of Hutchinson and Ajabo. I think they were legitimately the best college football pair uh, of edge rushers last year, and I, I'm including Georgia in that. Yeah. And I um, – but but we still have this talent and guys who believe around here. Um, they're gonna be they're gonna be dominant. They're yeah. gonna be really good. I'm just gonna go back to what I brought up last week. I mean, it, it's just another reload, right? John's got this, something. This team. Or, you got something, John? No. No. <laughs> he's, just, he's so miserable <laughs> he's over there. I turned my phone off. Do we keep sounding good or no? That's a, yeah, no, you guys but, are sounding great. Yeah. So I brought up this last week. Since Jim <laughs> came in, in in 2015, 19th best defense, fifth best defense, eighth best defense, 16th, 14th, 115th in the COVID season, and then 13th. Um, yeah. I mean, the three defensive t- talent that they lost that that's a big deal. But what Michigan has shown since Jim's come in is he continues to bring in talent, and they continue to find a way to make it work, no matter who they lose and who they they gain. Like it. It is reload. That's what this defense does. Now, what kind of step back will it be? I'm going to expect some kind of step back, but I'm also, like like you're saying, Ryan, going to believe in the – it's just going to be a different way. Just because you don't have Aiden in, in a job doesn't mean you still can't dominate on a side of a football because there are plenty of teams that dominated football without Aiden, without Ojabo, without the edge talent that Michigan had. And I'm going to believe that they, they – know how to build a defense and they're gonna know how to run a defense i'm sorry but that's just what i'm gonna do but yeah agreed um who do you guys got as a breakout player or do you guys want to skip this part so we can save time yeah yeah breakout player don't, don't forget Mike, about player think? dark horse mvp we'll just go through it let's just name the names and without expanding All right, our yeah thoughts. you guys go i'm not even gonna do it breakout uh, player yeah i'm gonna go with donovan edwards oh man that's what i was gonna do <laughs> donovan edwards <laughs> yeah uh, JJ McCarthy. JJ. Oh, I know where he's feeling. All right, John, what do you got? Uh, JJ was my pick, but JJ. it's the only name that was just like, come on, let's go. I'm pulling for him. Dark Horse MVP is two then, right? JJ? Ooh. He's not even the starting quarterback. Week one. Probably so go that's with, Dark Horse, yeah, if you ask me. I'd probably go with Blake Corum. Blake? Yeah. I think Corum's really important, but all right. Can I go Peyton or Leary? Peyton sure. or Leary. Why not? You Why can do whatever you want. Break all right. Getting into the team, the results here. I, I'm going to set the Michigan floor at 8-4. and four. A lot of close games last year that came down to the defensive game-breaking plays. Will they do that again? Um, they do have a pretty easy, easy schedule, um, but I don't think any Michigan fan would guarantee wins against OSU at, at OSU, at Iowa, or home against Penn State, Michigan State. I'm sorry, but those are just games that we all get worked up for. And to say that they're 100% going to win those four games, I can't do it. Um, so that's why. I, but other than that, I would just put. I would assume that they're gonna win the other ones. So eight and four seems like a solid floor to me. Um, do you guys agree with that, or do you think that's a little unfair? I, I actually say their floor is nine and three. Nine and three. Yeah, just because I, I'm not like an absolute floor. Like these are the games they will lose, but yeah. I think in general, you would win one of those games. Yeah, no, that's true. 
and and maybe maybe Nebraska or uh, I don't know Indiana would then rival. I think the schedule's easy. I think it is I easy think schedule. nine to three is the the floor. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with Ryan. Same. Yep. All right, ceiling. I I'm gonna put it at twelve and zero. I think it's unlikely, um, but it has to be a, ce- a ceiling. They they were so freaking close to doing it last year. Um, to say that they can't do it seems a little unfair. So I'm going to put the ceiling at 12 and 0. Yeah, I'm a Michigan fan, but that seems like the only fair way to go, in my opinion. Agreed. And then for for my personal prediction, I'll let you guys throw yours out. I'm going to go with 10 and 2. I'm going to say losses to OSU and either drop at Iowa or again to Michigan State, even though I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Harbaugh will allow that to happen, but I'm going to go with 10 and 2 just out of the close games that they had last year, assuming one thing will go wrong and, and another loss will happen. And then I'm, I'm going to mark them as a loss for at OSU at this point. Where, where are you guys at with your prediction? I'm going to go 11-1. and one. Lost to Ohio State? I, <laughs> I guess we don't need to do that yet. We don't, we're, I, I have them going 11-1. 11-1 and and one one as winning, well? Winning the Big Ten, going to the Final Four. John? 11-1. and one. Oh, you guys, are, you guys are slappies. No, I'm just kidding. I love it. <laughs> I would have done it. I just wanted to be fair. Or this not get crap. <laughs> All right, that brings us to our schedule game. I'm just going to do it. Sweep, first four. You guys good with that? Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> what do you think, Maryland? Maryland is the <laughs> long shot there. They could throw it. I'm assuming you guys just all said 11-1, and one, so I'm assuming you didn't have them losing one of the first four well, games. Oh, Maryland was the <laughs> team I had them losing to. No. <laughs> all right. Week five is when their season really starts. They are at Iowa. Never easy. Uh, Obviously, it's Iowa. Iowa, you kicked the crap out of last year. You should win this game, but at Iowa. Never easy to be announced time slot. Oh, boy. You know that's going to be a Circlet. night game. Cut it out. I'm, I'm going to give them the win. I am. But I'm nervous about it. This one makes me sick. What about you guys? John, win or loss? Iowa? Yeah. Win. Ryan. I'm going loss. Oh. And this is where JJ takes over because Cade let them down in the road environment. JJ didn't come in at halftime and save the day with nope. a Superman nope, cape that on? was Cade's team at this point. JJ's, JJ's team after this. <laughs> He's going to go undefeated. <laughs> I love it. All right, Micah, you got win or loss there. Uh, oh, I'm going to go win. All right, that's three uh. or that's a uh, three to one, Ryan. So yeah, that's fine. Five and zero oh at Indiana. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be pretty consistent that from here on. Tough. I'm gonna go win at Indiana. Yeah, win here. Win. Win. Penn State, Holson, Penn State on October 15, right before the bye week. Win. They are Micah? going to drub Penn State. That's a good thing. Oh yeah. Drub. John. Drub all day. Win. Win. All right, uh, that is a sweep. I'm going to give them a win as well. Um, I haven't really gone consistent with my prediction, but it doesn't matter. They have the bye week. Both teams bye week heading into the Michigan State game. Uh, we had a sweep win is what we did there. So uh, we got to keep that consistent here. Um, at Rutgers, I'm assuming you guys don't think the Scarlet Knights are going to pull off the upset, are you? It's going to be a close game like always. Yeah, yeah, who's who's J- their running back? JJ. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Huh. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, it's, yeah, a, it's a sweep, right? Win. Corn yes, Huskers. 
Nebraska. That's a sneaky one. Nope. I don't want to say it's Scott a Scott Frost won't be coaching. Sorry. That's a win for me. That's isn't that a, isn't that a good thing? That's why it's sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm going to go with a win. Yeah, win. John, win. Win. Undefeated still fighting Eli and I before the big one. Win. Right? Yeah, win. Undefeated heading into the Week. Ohio State game. They are at Ohio State, who will be number one in the country by then. No, actually, they probably won't because they're probably going to lose to a couple teams, but we'll just get into that some other time. Um, <laughs> at yep. Ohio State, I'm going to go with a loss. I think that's the fair thing to do. But I heard a draft thing there. Yeah, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't know. He turned his phone back on. <laughs> John, at Ohio State, win or loss? Loss. Oh, two losses. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Ryan. I got to win on this one. I, I've got Michigan beating Ohio State again. Coin. Changing. Toss. Coin. Toss. Changing. Coin. Toss. We got a coin. To, sorry, I cut you off. Either <laughs> changing the, the, the landslide or the, the landscape of this rivalry. This ri- oh. Rivalry. Let's go. <laughs> rivalry. Is that what I said? <laughs> no, I was just going back to a couple years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> that uh, one episode. Oh, <laughs> car. Chalk up the L. They got a loss. All right, so they finished 11 and 1. Is that enough to go to the Big Ten Championship? Find we'll do that next, next week. <laughs> Find out next time on State <laughs> of My Sports. But that was our season preview. That was fun. That was a good time. I enjoyed it. Did you guys do enjoy it, it? Absolutely. Yeah. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Yeah, I'm excited for uh, I'm excited for both teams again. Like last year was a dream scenario. They were undefeated, undefeated against, against each, other. each other. Oh, my God. Crazy. Crazy ranked, uh, you know. If we said that heading into the year, we would have been slappies out of all slappies, but and it happened. We did say that. We and did. Everybody accused us of being slappies, and uh, it happened. I don't think I said that. I think I had Michigan State with like no, six as a, losses No, as a podcast, <laughs> when we did this. When oh, we did, did we? The, yeah, we both, yeah. That's awesome. Good stuff. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. This is State of My Sports. And an apology to Carrie. Oh, did she did she comment a few times? Struggling. I'm about That's to fine. break my phone just so I can go get a new one. Yeah. Start you over. Should, you should have an iPhone anyways. Man, you, that, you, frustrating. You should get an iPhone. Frustrating. Well, I was talking to Trav, and he was like, oh, same thing happened with fan- fantasy baseball. It's really? Like three people got picked. They're, like, kicked out of the league. Like, not kicked out of the like out of the draft room and, like, auto-picked when they had the draft room, like, open on their phone. Huh. I had to open when it opened at 8.30. Draft started at 9. had the phone sitting on the floor. It was like, all right, watching that clock. Turn my mic down, ready to go. And That's brutal. Jeez. Awful. Just awful. don't blame the podcast. You're not blaming us. <laughs> I really didn't have that bad of a squad for autopick. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb. Were Did like you guys first scrap three it? Picks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I deleted man. the league. Yep. Good. We're starting. Start again. Sleeper, tomorrow morning, eight-hour picks so that everybody can kind of text in like their that. picks. Oh, yeah. It's a good way to All go. Because right. everybody's schedule is busy, so... All right, well, we're getting back into our Betting Hero picks. It's week two. BettingHero.com, promo code MIBETS. If you're interested in sports betting, just hit me up. I'll, I'll, I'll help you along the way, um, and I'll explain it to you there. But, yeah, go to BettingHero.com, promo code MIBETS, and that'll be that'll be a good way to go. Um, last week I went 1-4, right, right back into where I was last year. <laughs> Ryan 3-2 and two, along with John and Micah went 2-2. Two, 
and three, but we got some real football this time, guys. We got real games. We got some great matchups that I just can't wait. This is where Sam turns it around. This is where I actually start paying attention and start researching. No, I don't have time for that. But starting off with number 23, Cincinnati, at number 19, Arkansas. Arkansas is minus six and a half. Ryan or John, you guys start us off. This is tough, man. Cincinnati just came off that dream season, yep. but they lost so many key players. I'm going to have to pick Arkansas on this one. It's almost going to be one of those like bad timing for a team like Cincinnati who who's not used to that kind of physical play. John? So does Cincinnati get the six and a half points? Yeah, th- yeah. they're plus six and a half. So if they lose by five and I pick Cincinnati, I still, I'm still I'm a winner? Yeah. Give me Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> Micah? I don't want to pick against Cincinnati, but I have to. I got to take Arkansas. Really? So I already had Cincinnati written down. Um, I just I'm not going to buy into Arkansas. I just chalk I up want, the yell for you. I then. want the SEC to lose so badly. Speaking of SECs losing, Utah at Florida. Florida is a three point favorite. <laughs> what? That Sorry. can't be right. Is that right? Let me no. let me pull that up. They might be a three point dog. Sorry. Talk amongst yourselves. Well, I think you're crazy for having this done on paper. Is that what you wanted to say? Utah is... You put it on some nice paper. Yeah, really nice paper. Utah's minus three. Florida is plus three. Sorry. Man, I'm taking... I'm not even going to tell you yet. No, you, you should tell Am us. Am I first? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to take Utah on this one. John. I got to go Utah. I don't want to. I'm trying to get a, a gap here between me and Ryan. <laughs> He's already, already <laughs> playing that game? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go 500 on the air, right? <laughs> you guys should really make your picks before, so then we don't like just do it that way. It'd be a good way to do it. it. Just have them written down, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's not gonna happen. Writing, maybe them down? research, or just don't take any of my picks into consideration. <laughs> I can walk out over 500 record on the picks at three and two for the season. You know, it's a good point. Chalk it up. Do that. The only win on the night for me right now. <laughs> Micah, Micah, what do you got? Uh, I'm gonna take Utah. I think they're gonna smoke Florida. Yeah. I, it's intriguing to me. The The number is very confusing. And usually Vegas is right on. I don't know why they're, they're, they're not buying into it as much, but I'm, I'm going to take Utah minus three as well. But I'm, I'm very interested to see where that line moves over the course of this week. Next we got oh, – why am I doing this? Next we got Oregon against Georgia. Oregon. Georgia minus <laughs> 17 and a half. Holy, oh. or sorry, 17, minus 17 points. What do you got, Sam? Holy You want me to go first? I'm going to take Oregon. Dang, I was going to take Oregon. I just don't think. That's a lot of points. That's just too many points. Neutral site? Yeah, it's a neutral site. It's in Georgia, but it is a neutral site. <laughs> Not in <laughs> Athens? That's bullcrap. So. Neutral it's, site Yeah, in neutral. Get out it's of here. in Atlanta. That's what the SEC does. Every big game, always oh, play a neutral site. In my backyard. You stupid clowns. Oh, yeah, I'm taking Oregon. Ryan. Yeah, um, give me Georgia. John. I'll, t- I'll take Oregon. I don't think I don't think it's going to. 17 gonna... and a half? 17, yeah. Yeah, but Oregon might score 10. I want to see it. I want to see Georgia's defense do it again. Micah? Georgia. Oh, boy. Singing. Singing his picks already. 
Next, we got Notre Dame at. Oh, why do I? Why didn't I put the lines Ohio even on State here? Ohio State minus seventeen. Minus seventeen. Yeah, that's why I can't put my picks down first, Sam. <laughs> I know I blew it. Yeah, my bad. No How are we supposed to answer this? All right, Notre Dame at Ohio like State. Ohio State is minus seventeen points. John, you start us off this time. Uh, track game. Track, not trap. <laughs> track. Ohio State. Okay. Okay. Ryan? I believe it when I see it with Ohio State. I'm going Notre Dame. There's, oh. There's the separation. Ryan, that's a, a two-game swing right there. Micah. Ohio State is coming off a really, really pissed-off season. They're going to go out there and smoke Marcus yeah, Freeman. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the wait. I'll see it when I believe it with Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. So I'm taking OSU. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so stupid to take OSU minus 17. Oh, yeah. All right. Next, we got our in-state game, Western Michigan at number 15, Michigan State. Michigan State is a 22-point favorite. Micah. 22? 22. Weird number. Uh, yeah, it can be Michigan State. John. I think Western's going to keep this a little bit of a ball game, or they're just going to score points late when it's out of reach. Give me Western Michigan to do something with that spread. It's called cover of the spread. Cover? Oh. Cover. I yeah. could use a cover right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, this might be the hardest game for me to choose. Feels like a feels like a trap game. Um, I'll go. You got to choose it though. Yeah, I'll go state. I'm gonna go Western. I agree with um, John. I feel like Michigan State in these moments they win by like 19 easily. You know what I mean? So it's gonna be a weird one. But I think Western could maybe do a backdoor cover here and and uh, cover the 22. Special teams with a difference. Punt block, probably a return touchdown, win by 45. Trouble with the snap? Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Worked All out for right. once. You did it to Last yourself. game of the week, you got Colorado State at number eight, Michigan. Michigan is a 31-point favorite, ton of points. I still think Michigan's going to cover those points. I do. I think Michigan's ready to roll, and like I said earlier – Take Michigan, take the overs. They're going to. They're on a mission here. Both these quarterbacks are be on a mission. You guys, Ryan. Well, I'm taking the over. I agree. I think uh, they're going to let them loose and try to prove something, win the job. Micah. Same. John. Wow. You want to take the 31? Yeah, do it. Gosh, <laughs> that's a big. That's it's a, such big, a big, number. big number. Yeah, week one. I mean, there's really. If they get two scores. That's then all of a sudden Michigan has has to score forty one, and it's like, ugh, you know what I'm saying? Forty one's not that big. I know, but yeah. it, it kind of is. I feel like that defense is going to come out hungry too. Seventeen. We're going to be trying to put up zeros early on, you know? Isn't that a Michigan thing? Yeah. Points oh, yeah. per game. Oh yeah. I love that. Especially non-conference. Give me Michigan. Gosh dang it! We all took Michigan. We are such that was dumb slappies. Slappy Haven. So what? Do the Lions go get Alex Leatherwood now? Last year's first round, seventeenth <laughs> overall. I wouldn't hate pick. it. It doesn't I mean, cost as him a anything. Backup tackle doesn't cost him anything. No, just drop Nelson and pick him up. And if he doesn't work, who cares? You lost yeah. Nelson in the deal. Literally, yeah. <laughs> I I would not hate, but I, I mean, we get the second overall. Like yeah, we get Raider, we second, right? second dibs. So, on do him. you think the Jags will take him? Uh, they they could. Yeah, they might. They they probably will. They probably will. Yeah. 
but we have a good shot. I mean, better than every other team. In if he's there, do you do it? Other than the Jags, I, I would. Do or would it, you yeah. rather take somebody else? Is there anybody no, I would, else? I would do that. I would do that. That he is the the number one or first round draft type of body for for somebody like that. Yeah, take him. Drinking craft beer, having fun, and talking sports in the state of Michigan. You're listening to State of My Sports. We're going to get right into our beer grades as soon as John allows me to with the stream thing. Oh, now we can talk beer grades. Sorry, I almost forgot. No, uh, what are we drinking tonight, Micah? Do you remember? Yeah, from Tapestry in Bridgman, Michigan. We're drinking Citron City. Lots of citra hops in this, baby. Lots of citra hops. Uh, I found a little bit of info. It's a 5.9% American Pale Ale. Um, I I honestly am starting to think I might not be an American pale ale guy. I'm not quite sure what constitutes as an American pale ale. Oh. I like I like the IPA, not the APA. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a good beer. I just yeah. I don't know. Um I just want to grade this and let's get you guys can move on. No, let's do it. Uh, let's I'm going to go done. with a 7.7. It's not a bad score. Not a bad score. John, what, what did you think? I'll vote in a second. I still got a little bit to wash down. <laughs> Is that your first one? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I've just been. Yeah. My my thumb is sore from just ripping my phone apart. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me give let me give you a grade in just a moment. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give mine and I'm gonna give it an 8.1. I, th- I thought it was really good. I really like the citra hops. Love that, love that little flavor. So, how about that game? I cannot wait to watch that game. They just got Lavishus. I can't even say it. Lavishus Murray. Chanel. Chanel. Wow, that was really hard to say. I'm going to. Is that really what he said? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude. You think Miles Garrett heard that? Gee, why? I would. That is one team that I would not try to pit. I would not talk about Cleveland. I mean, he he can say that because he knows that their offense is going to suck. And that I mean, if he wins, yeah, he could beat him. Yeah, yeah, but twenty-one to he, he might get roughed up in the process. He might Oof. be there might be a season ender. Yeah, <laughs> jeez, I do like Baker Mayfield. I kind of wish we would have went after him. Eight point zero. Eight zero. It's a good solid beer. Yeah, I do like the flavor. I like that. It's not too heavy I on like the aftertaste. What was the uh, the percentage alcohol percentage? Uh, Five point nine. I feel wow. like it's heavier. I thought it would have been heavier. Yeah. yeah, I really did. It's the bite, the the very bitter. Yeah, it reminds me almost of like a double IPA yeah. with a little like smoother, like yeah, citrusy uh, flavor on it. Yeah, I guess. No, but I would have thought higher than five point nine. No, cool. yeah, good, good, good beer though. Um, well, that was episode one seventy one. Carrie also had eight point Very nice on the staycation Arvons. IPA. Thank Arvons. you guys for recording. Thank you all for watching and listening. Share us with your friends. Help us grow our audience. Talk to you next week, if not sooner. I was absolutely worthless. You've been listening to State <laughs> of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions to the Tigers to the Pistons to Michigan and Michigan State and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you 
next time.